Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 48. In this episode, my friends and I talk about the Lord's Supper, some of the theology behind it, as well as the practical aspects. Uh, We talk about what it means that Christ is present with the meal, and we talk about who should partake. We also talk a little bit about baptism, as the discussions are really related. So if that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> it's always weird saying hey when like so many of us have been hanging out for like three hours already and uh, we've already had a conversation in here and I hit record and it's like, hello, hello friends, nice to see you again. Uh, yes. How are y'all doing? Great. Good. Really happy. This year is yeah. great. This year is going to be one of the 2022. We yeah. are 10, e- 10 days <laughs> in. We are 10, <laughs> 10 years, years into, into this 20, year. It feels like it. Well, I was going to say that, that 2022 claimed the victim. Yeah, but I mean, meh. Are we talking about Betty White? No, no, no. she passed about. in 2021. Did she? Yeah, yeah right New before. Year's Day. New Year's, or New Year's Eve, New sorry. Year's Eve, yeah. I was talking about Bob Saget. Yeah. yeah. And the only reason is just because it happened in Orlando. Well, not the only reason, but he died in Orlando, which was pretty crazy. Really? Yeah. Oh, he did. He, was, he, he performed in Jacksonville, right? And yeah, I didn't know, okay. know that. Yeah. Wow. In Orange County, right? Wow. Yeah, that's Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> in Florida, right? <laughs> I don't know how specific no. you want to be to our location. Is it all in Orange County? What's all in Orange County? Uh, I mean, Orlando? there's other, there's like boroughs that you would consider other. I, thought I don't know if like they're separately counties. incorporated cities. Or yeah, there's parts of Orlando that are not in Orange County. That's what I was thinking. There's parts of Orange County that are really. Orlando. What's what's not? I don't actually know that. I mean, isn't like Obito? there's a whole East Orlando? No, Orlando is its own thing. But yeah, but that's and what East I was East Orlando is kind of like separate. Altamont so. Springs. I don't know. I'm but not a geographist. Really so today's no. podcast: the geography of specifically Central Florida. Yeah, it's not that great. We're going to talk about gerrymandering. Hold today. on, <laughs> hold, put your seatbelts on um, when we start talking about county lines. Yeah. So, no, no, basically, it's great news. Like, I'm saying 2022 is gonna be great. It's because, uh, new, de- new, new Demon Slayer is out, new Attack on Titan is out. The band Attack on Titan, the Are still together, the food group. Final, it's final oh, oh, and you today, I received a text. One of my closest friends. She's coming back to Florida. She's moving back to Florida. Wow. Like, What's her name? Ah! I'm so give her excited. a shout out. What's her name? No, I'm not giving her a shout out. Oh, she doesn't listen to this anyways. Her exactly. Is Samantha? Is it Samantha? Oh, she does. Hmm. Paulina. Paulina. Oh, yeah. She's moving back to Florida. Yeah, she, she was in New York. She's coming back to Florida. But oh, not, but not yeah. like here. Forever? But, or yeah, for... she moved to Orlando. I'm so oh, quickly saying, wait a minute, wow. is this, still, are you about you to prophesy, prophesy over yourself? With you know who, with you know who. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's I'm hilarious. Super, I'm so excited she's moving back. We so for those of you really, not caught really, up, really, really close David is three for three in prophesying very vaguely over people's lives, telling them that they will be in a relationship within the next year or two. Yeah, that has not mm. happened yet for me. You, you, nine, you see nine Oh, two for three. We're talking. I'm not, yeah, talking is not a relationship. pretty close. I don't yeah. know. I I'm feel like saying... for all the past listeners too, for those who have been keeping up with the <laughs> podcast, I still don't think David's a prophet, even though he's done pretty well for yeah. himself. Also, just so we're clear, this, this, 
this is also in the contract. Might see by me, Daniel. Let's say, okay, one of all three of you guys break up. You still owe me, Daniel. I'll no, probably get no, not not Dave, <laughs> not uh, Eric. Eric does not owe you a dinner if he doesn't get a second date. Oh. Daniel has already been on a second date. Daniel definitely know. owes you dinner. Yeah. 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 Uh, did, did I tell about this that David is an interesting negotiator? Because I was like, oh, yeah. do you like King Bell? I'll get you King Bell. And he's like, yeah. Oh, or Taco Bell. Like, I love Taco Bell. <laughs> so you were up here and you're like, let me negotiate you down to a $3 burrito. <laughs> I might just get you Sukihana, because even oh, though yeah? that's an expensive ticket, Dang. I want to eat a lot of sushi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, heck yeah, Where's dude. Sukihana. Where's but that? don't take them Sukihana, because one of us only can take them to Sukihana. I know, yeah. I just want to know what the rest of It's a sushi, good. all you can eat sushi. Oh, but it's good sushi, oh. though. Like, really, like, I don't think you're a sushi eater. Yeah, it's made to order. Uh, I like, I'm getting more into sushi. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. I had my first like legitimate roll uh, last week, where yeah. it actually had like a bunch of tuna and salmon in it, because I usually no. go like the one that's like imitation crab or like very, very light. Will you, will you not eat sushi? <laughs> you want some avocado oh, I like sushi. and that's right. Like and not cream cheese. Real thing on the, like real <laughs> raw fish sushi. Oh, okay. So but I'm like... getting more into it. I love sushi. So you want to eat like just the, well, without the rice or anything, just just the fish itself. No, no, I like okay. the rolls. That's uh. It's called a nigiri. Nagini. Nagini. Yeah. Nagini. Yeah. Nigiri. I thought it was nigiri. Oh, I thought it was. Sashimi. I, I love that stuff. Sashimi, yeah, sashimi is also. A thing. But I think that's yeah. over rice. Yeah, so it's like yeah. Super yeah. He, they introduced me to this, and it actually really helped my sushi taste. It's with um, the what's that? Uh, spicy mayo. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you that's got it. Yeah. Oh, such a game. I still, I still sauce? like the. Um, oh yes, I still like. Now have them put them together. Mm. You got some spicy eel sauce. So I, yeah. I like the soy sauce better with it. The spicy mayo is really good too. You gotta do all together. Like, don't do like one sauce. They're like and wasabi. eel sauce, spicy mayo, <laughs> and then you dip it in, and then you oh. put the wasabi on. Our, our friend flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> our friend. Oh, uh, well, he didn't do that, but obviously. But uh, we have a well, we yes, we have a friend that would put the wasabi in the soy sauce. I sometimes do mm. that. It's not classy, but I do it. But he, like, would just drench it, like, his pieces. He loved mm. the feeling. I don't like No, the, the, the proper method is you stir the wasabi into the soy sauce, and then you take pick up with the chopsticks the sushi, and then you go dip, 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 dip. But you have to say dip, 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 dip. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like... Uh, this guy's informing us as to Japanese culture. That's right. That's, that's right. You bow, and then you say dip, 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 dip. <laughs> And no <laughs> talking during the meal. So you should just hear a lot of tables oh, just randomly saying, That is dip, dip, dip. my kind of culture. <laughs> yeah. Is no talking while you eat? I don't what? know. That might get... You don't like talking uh, as, I, as I talk while I eat. You should, <laughs> you should like create so a restaurant. I think, I think it would so be really awful. interesting to have a restaurant where it's like, the, one of the things is, you're silent while you're in here. Okay? I, I have you you point to everything. I, dude, rich people would go wild for this. Have you seen Cook the mediocre food. And make really like high class window dressings mm. and everything, and then say, and then one of our things is you point on the menu to what you want. If there's any like special food allergies, whatever, you can point to that. Or like if there's a special request, you write it down, but you do not talk while you're in here. <laughs> rich people would go crazy. You know, seen, uh, know why rich that. people would like that? Because they can hire only immigrants because they don't speak English. <laughs> but you're not allowed to speak any language. Yeah, but I'm saying like and they in the have kitchen a, they you have can a language speak. Barrier. I'm saying they won't have a language you, barrier to the guests. Have you seen the restaurant? If they're pointing to something on a menu, it's written in a language, dingus. Yeah, okay. but like they won't have a problem with like the, what that is. The kitchen you can speak, but it's soundproof, so no one can hear it. I, correct. Yeah, I legitimately think that's a good. Image. And it's a it's a separate building. <laughs> the kitchen is its own building. 
like, so it's like a restaurant library or something. I think that could be exactly. that could work because you've seen the restaurants where it's uh in it's to mimic blindness, so it's in the dark, and so mm. you're trying to just you're just trying to enjoy the food without mm-hmm. seeing it and without see it. like so you're supposed to be like your senses are a little more heightened for taste sensory deprivation yeah mm. so it's like that but it's like quiet or like almost like monastery wise where it's they eat in silence yeah that's what i was saying like yeah reference. i that would be really cool like, if you were going food, to eat it could be called in silence so if you really <laughs> want them to go nuts though is you would sell <laughs> one item so <laughs> you, would, you would have like a one base item so it would like you get the soup, you get the main entree, and then like that, and and they so they don't order, so you just literally sit down. Oh. They bring out the food, you eat it, and then you get up and go. Wow! And so it's like it's like almost like monastic life. I don't know. I am. <laughs> they would people I'm, go guys, nuts for that. This just became the podcast. Is like how are we going to? I'm actually a strong people. Like in my opinion, I think food just does not taste as good. If, if you don't, if you don't have yeah. Like, I think you can buy well, myself, and it just doesn't taste as good. I think good. what's so important, when I'm and talking, if you're going to have a place like so this, fun. or really a lot of different types of meals, is you got to, like, fence Wow, I was actually thinking, like, <laughs> this is where he tries to transition. Well, I was thinking of, like, the way that we would fence the table for this is that you don't advertise it, like, speakeasy style. Like, it's all word of mouth, mm, and you mm-hmm. come in, and they you put your, they, like, you pay for the little ticket for it and just go in the back door, and yeah, that, I'm telling you, would drive people nuts. It would be, like... Awesome. You do, that, you, do that in, you do that in New York, forget about it. <clears throat> the, you know right. I was going to say, you probably it. couldn't do this in... <laughs> forget about it. You probably couldn't do this in Orlando, but in New <laughs> no. York, there would definitely be enough rich people to be like, oh, I just, thought, just, of, I just like, thought of Dumb and Dumb. Oh, five, five, $500 a plate. Oh, well, <laughs> put us down for two in case we want that. You know what they should have a restaurant too? I've seen this um, on the cruise ship they did this. It's like there's a dance floor, and there's no music. We put on headphones, and that's where the music is. Oh, it's silent. Dude, oh, that stuff's awesome. That looks but so dumb. It looks dumb because when you when you take off the headphones, it's just people dancing. What well, is it? Silent. Oh, it's called it's cool. silent. Not silent DJ. They should do that. Silent disco, disco at yeah. restaurants. Like you put on a headset and you like talk. Like yeah, that'd be sick. Oh, like I've always thought about having a restaurant. If I own a restaurant, let me say this. It's like. It would be like basic food, like goldfish stuff. But is that because it's in your hand? Goldfish <laughs> is a basic food. Yeah, I love how it is. Every like time you see babies, super processed. Wait, wait, wait. Fun. What would you do with it? Because you're saying that you would open a place that would serve a prepackaged snack. Yeah, but like that's, put that's like public. But it's like kids food, like baby food. So like, like you know adults were like, like hey, snack can I have a time kid? at church. Like here's your cup of goldfish. Yeah. You know yeah. Many, I think well. If I sold goldfish at a restaurant, I think a lot of parents would buy them. So, mm, That's fish. true, because mm. it's not like they could get them from a grocery store. <laughs> yeah, but I would sell it <laughs> or cheaper. Or even, you know, like I would sell a 7-Eleven. I would sell it cheaper at a grocery store. Mm. You would For sell it cheaper loss? than a grocery yeah. store? Or you'd have to go straight to yeah. I'll the just company make my own. and try to buy yeah. Yeah, but Make like, your own. That's, that's an idea. You know what a real idea is? What if you use goldfish as the bread in Ooh, communion? Can you use other elements? That's a good Ooh. question for tonight. Yeah, so I think my Lord, second Lord transition. Yeah. <laughs> I was going with you. I was trying to go back to you and then circle okay. it back. But... Well, screw me, I guess. <laughs> no, because I know you didn't well, want to talk <laughs> You're on the dark side here. <laughs> I, you know what, David? You know what, David? I think you're selling prepackaged goldfish at a loss is a great idea for the restaurant. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, every time I talk, I feel like, 
I'm just being nonsense to you guys. It's only <laughs> you know, when you have I, dumb ideas. To be fair, no, to be fair, though, I kind of get what you were saying. There is actually a restaurant in Japan that, like, to be nostalgic, they sell, like, the school lunches that they're handmade, so they look like a school lunch. So it's, like, real oh. basic, and, and it's on the trays, and, like, oh, you sorry. sit in, a, in the, one of the, like, one is, like, a restaurant, and then the other room that you can go into is, like, the table that's set up to look, or all the desks that's so set up to look like an actual school building, so you can go back and, like, eat the school lunches. But, again, they're all, like, all custom-made and stuff, but they're made to mimic. So I get that. The goldfish thing is a good good start, but I like I, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, I think people. I can't them. anyway. But yeah, no, I don't think you should have goldfish <laughs> as communion elements. I think so. That... Communion. What is it? How often should we do it? Goldfish or no goldfish? Yes. Okay. And also, what matter. about fencing? No is it real sword fighting? <laughs> I don't think it matters. How do you do it with fencing? Uh, what is communion? Let's do that. That's a good question. Or Eucharist. Or the Lord's Supper. Yeah. I prefer the Lord's Supper. Or the yeah. table. That's what it sometimes is All referred to as. the table. The... Nah. Or go church history called the Love Feast. That's what it was. There's a couple names love for fest. it. Uh, love Fest. Love Fest. Because Fest is just short fest. for feast. Yeah. If you don't have time to say feast, you say fest, you know? So yeah. Love Fest. Guys, we have a Love Fest at our church. Fest was mm. short for festival. But no, I it is, you. and festival is the same word as feast. Fiesta. Oh, Party, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, my mind's blown for the night. I, I said it with enough on. confidence that I, I feel like they could it's be now true. true. Oh, I mean they are okay. The thing is, they're definitely etymologically related. Um, yeah. What is communion? And in what way is Christ present? Mm, that's Ooh, a good that's question, a good question too. So communion is a practice. Practice. Yes. Um. That the Lord instituted on the night that he was betrayed, the scriptures say that he took bread and broke it, took the cup and passed along and said, this is, the, this is my body given for you, this is the blood of the new covenant, um, drink and remember to me. So we have Jesus instituting it um, as a practice that the church would continue to do. Uh, Eric mentioned the, the term Eucharist. Do you want to, that's something that the church has called it. What's you, that word mean? To define <clears throat> I feel like that'll help get through the, like what is communion if we like define the term of what's been described as. <clears throat> so, uh, Daniel, you put me in an awkward position because I only know that term because I'm a former Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we called it. I was like, I was like, as soon as I called, <laughs> as I said this, I'm like, your eyes went big. I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure it's Latin. So I, it well, is you. It's means good. It's Greek. Oh, it's Greek. So David. I didn't, know you, I didn't know you were Catholic. I was, yeah. Dude, shut up. He's talked about that no, so I mean, yeah. many times. I know you practiced it, but I didn't know he was actually like Catholic. There's been like two podcasts I've been here where he hasn't. What, what is the difference between Wait, practicing oh, Catholicism what do you, do you and think I am Catholic? No, I, th- I didn't oh. know you were actually Catholic. Like yeah. for me, like I feel like Christian practice, but I wasn't Christian until later. But I thought that's what it was. I thought he did Catholic stuff because his family was it. But I didn't know he was actually Catholic. Oh, you mean like devout Catholic? Yeah, or like I mean. yeah, yeah, practicing. I thought okay. he was just a practicing Catholic, not an actual Catholic. Well, I don't know your distinctions, but I'll say I was was practicing. I don't know what devout would mean. Like you were like, you, you would tell someone, yeah, I'm Catholic. Yeah, I would. Oh, I didn't know that. I literally did not know that. Mm. That's actually pretty cool. So if I'm remembering correctly, <laughs> Eucharist means to give thanks, I mm-hmm. believe. Huh. Um, yep. So <clears throat> there should be a joy, there should be a thankfulness around when we take communion. So I th- I think it means uh, so so Thanksgiving, but I think the mm-hmm. word is so you, which means good, mm-hmm. and then charis like was where we get mm-hmm. charisma, which is gift. So it's like 
Mm -hmm. Response to the good gift. Mm -hmm. Or grace or favor is another. Mm. Uh, uh, communion is another way that we refer to it as because there's a unity. We take communion together. Mm. When Jesus instituted the practice, um, he passed it around. That all the disciples took it together. They all drank from the same cup and tore from the same loaf to symbolize the <clears throat> unity. Mm. So it's a highly so should meaningful Christians meal. Today, drink from the same cup and tear from the same loaf. Well, you phrased it should. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's it's a matter of should. It's a matter of ought. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the difference? Tease out to me the I'm, difference between I don't, should and ought. There is nothing no, to no, say. No, okay, okay, just making sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's really a matter of uh, should or ought. Um, I know I wouldn't like to share the same cup. That's yeah. a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. like sharing drinks. It's David, weird. can I have a sip of your uh, Arizona? Your Arizona Arnold Arnold Palmer <laughs> Light Arnold. half and a half iced tea lemonade. If it was if it was in a can, sure. I don't like sharing cans. Mm. <laughs> Just leave it to David Cups to add that fine. little quirk. <laughs> so cans, funny. not so much. Yeah. All um, right. There's, um, there's a question you asked. I'm sorry. There's, no, go ahead. I like. Should we do communion? When, when should we do communion? <clears throat> should we do, should we do it every do week? It, you mm -hmm. say should we do it every bread? Should we do it actual bread or? <laughs> should, oh, I'm sorry. What's like, every bread? <laughs> a rye. Pumpernickel. <laughs> I'm really curious about it. should we do it every week. I'm really curious. I, like that. I, I think Frequency. absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I think is you know as you know from what I remember those scriptures that often as you drink this together, you know, like you're doing this frequently. I don't think there's a reason to really say why to delay it. I've never mm -hmm. heard a good mm -hmm. reason to why um, to delay. Does anyone have an opinion well, on delaying it? So and especially, it's like a lot of churches seem to have replaced <clears throat> the idea of weekly communion with they just have what they call an invitation and it's like mm. an invitation to self-reflection and to recommitment mm. and to you know like prayer introspection all that kind of stuff and it's like well that's that's really the hole that communion should be filling you know as far as like the the function of communion while you're together so i don't i don't see a reason to delay and i've heard people say like oh well if you do it every week it's not as special and it's like well we open the word every week and we sing mm -hmm. every week so it's like i i don't i don't buy that for a minute Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I I don't think there's a reason uh, for delaying it, but I also don't see this as a an ought or mm -hmm. should. Correct. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. not it's not something I would break fellowship over as far mm -hmm. as like oh our church can't associate with you because you mm -hmm. only do it on the first Sunday of the month mm. or whatever. Now I will say I went to a church that said like oh you should do it frequently, and then we did it once or twice a year. Okay. And I'm like that's. That's really. I feel special. like that's really infrequent. Like, yeah. Quite. So you know mm -hmm. you don't want to make a law where the scripture yeah. doesn't, but make a coming to get us. Make a jet. <clears throat> wow, that guy's taking <laughs> off like in my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> Holy that's cow! I don't close. think there's ever yeah. been one that loud during. Well, that sounds like a bigger one. Too. Yeah, as a 747. 747. <laughs> oh, so, uh, I can tell. Uh, Breaking Bad. Huh? A1141 from Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the episode time. Yeah, I know. Uh, I would also yeah. say, uh, I, I really wish, I know this is like a big uh, Roman versus Eastern 
uh, split is I would strongly prefer during communion that you would take unleavened bread. You know, I, yeah. I think it needs to be on because it's like that's what they took in the Passover. Mm-hmm. So therefore, that's what Jesus took. And so therefore, <clears throat> like, why why wouldn't you, you know, like, why would you what what was the reason for the uh, the Catholic Church switching to the wafer? Isn't it also unleavened? <clears throat> or is right? It's made out of rice, isn't it? I no, I don't think I don't think it would have originally been made out of rice. But I think that's it an also, Eastern crop. I thought it was hmm. also unleavened to do the wafer versus like a loaf of bread. OK, yeah, I think. Um. But I do think there is, I didn't think of that point, it's good because there is significance to why it's unleavened. It's unleavened. Yeah. So, and I think David was asking what is unleavened bread, yeah, which is a good it? clarifying thing. Yeah, so <clears throat> bread typically is um, flour, water, yeast, and salt. Okay. And so yeast is leaven. Yeast is what you add. Um, it's a fungi, right? Yeah. Or a bacteria. I, don't I think know. it's fungi, yeah. So it, it's like you put it in the bread, and then when you cook it, that's what fills the bread with air mm. and so it makes it very light very fluffy whereas unleavened bread is more like flatbread oh um, and okay. so it, it like still has flour crackers is not leavened yeah exactly um so flour water and salt but no mm-hmm. leaven and the yeah, reason so goldfish are leaven or unleavened because they do have that pocket of air in i don't the middle, know you know they might just be crispy baked yeah. there, might, not, but, there but might be the, sin in there if there was better leaven you could yeah. read the ingredients and why tell us. that's true why would you guys think that unleavened Man. would be more like significant? So well, and then the other reason they say would say unleavened is there's other leavening agents because I think it's like if you use like baking soap, <clears throat> some of the other things that act as a leavening agent. So you have to like strictly be no leavening agents that are adding that air and lightness to the bread. The significance of it is going to be because it's connected to Passover, and Passover they were to eat unleavened bread because mm. um, it's quicker to make. If you go back to Exodus. Goldfish have yeast in it. I just want to... Yeah. I'm on the record. Uh, so if you go back to Exodus 12, I believe it is, when the Passover is being first instituted. Um, so the Israelites are wanting to go out to... Uh, um, God is telling them to come out from Egypt. And Pharaoh says no. The Egyptian Pharaoh says no. And so the last plague, the death of the firstborn, and they're given the Passover that they're to celebrate, and they're supposed to... Um, kill, uh, I think, a lamb or a goat, one year old, smear the blood on the doorposts, and then eat that lamb, cooked only by fire, not boil or any other method, so it's the quickest way to cook it, mm-hmm. and f- eat unleavened bread, because it's the fastest bread to make, because they are going to eat it in haste, is what mm-hmm. the scriptures say, mm-hmm. eat it in haste, because what God is telling them in the symbolism is, you're leaving now. We're yeah, going you do, now. You're you don't have ready. time to wait for the bread to rise. Yeah. Mm. And it even says, um, you're to eat it while you're... Um, I think it's your tunic is tucked in. With your in. sandals on. Sandals on your tunic. So you're, like, you're yeah. ready to jump up and start running. Um, so that's part of it, is it connects to Passover. And Passover is hugely symbolic of, and I'm not symbolic, it's a shadow of Jesus. It's made to point to Jesus, of who is the true Passover lamb. Um, and leaven can also, uh, in the scriptures, be represent, an, sin. represent yeah. sin or be an, al- like a, an analogy for sin of, yeah. That a little bit of it leavens the whole loaf, like a little, like just a tiny, mm. tiny little bit of yeast makes Amazing. a huge impact. You on know what bread. also is like leaven is the kingdom of God. That's true. So it's not so always it's like, one or the other. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about <clears throat> Passover and especially like uh, the one when Jesus was instituting, he's talking to Jewish people who have a very specific category of Passover leaven being analogous to faults or sins because they would. Um, a practice that kind of came in later is that they would not just make unleavened bread, but they would sweep all the leaven out of their houses. Yeah. And this would be yeah. for like, I think it was, is it 
seven days? Yeah. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. So you have Passover starts, and then you'd have seven days of eating only unleavened bread and sleeping yeah. all the Yeah, and you weren't supposed to have any leaven in. That's right. And, you know, there was also, like, a whole Easter egg hunt thing where, like, mm-hmm. Mama would have a little packet of leaven and hide it in the house, and mm-hmm. one of the kids was supposed to look for it and find it so that they could be the one to throw it oh. out of the house, and it was a cute mm-hmm. little game that's and cool. everything. I don't think that's specifically in the Bible, that game, but, it, no, but you know, it's a, it's it a comes custom. from... So I think that's one of the ways that it's significant because, again, it points to Jesus as the Passover lamb. Like, Passover needs to be connected to uh, the the um, practice Sorry. of, the practice of uh, or not the practice of, but it needs to be connected to Jesus' narrative because Matthew, when he talks about the Passover being instituted, um, or not Passover, when he talks about Jesus instituting the Last Supper, he says, like, all right, so they were meeting in the house, and then he just keeps repeating, and it was Passover, to find the Passover. They had to do this to do the Passover. They had this room for the Passover, and they were taking Passover. Like, they kept, he's repeating it. And so Matthew's, like, big spotlight to say, hey, what's happening right now is happening during Passover. And they're eating the Passover meal. Um, <coughs> and so Jesus is taking the bread from Passover. Like, so that's not just, like, that, that foreshadows him. He's practicing the Passover meal, and then he says, something new's happening. This is now my body. Um, that's broken for you. This is now, I am now the new Passover lamb. Right, so, but can you just... Or the actual, the real <coughs> better way to say that. Could you say, I'm still on the question, so when he says, you know, take this bread, then he says, take this, does, does he say wine, or what does he say? What's the exact? He says, this is the, uh, the blood of the covenant, but he doesn't... right? Well, for, but this does for he... the wine. The cup of the new covenant in my blood. But does he <coughs> tell you what he's drinking? Like, what is actually drinking? It's wine. Wine? There's yeah. nothing else they would have had. Right, okay, so I'm just going yeah. with that. So would you say, like, okay, if you... Welch's... If you should, drink, oh, should, should you drink wine? Because you're saying, like, if you're trying to... Yeah. If you're going... If you're saying you should do this, I feel like you should also do the same thing with So is your wine. question, should you drink wine in communion? Yeah. Yes. Should you do it exclusively? My gut, yes. <laughs> I don't see grape juice as a needed... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Substitute. Yeah, or like not content accommodation. Accommodation. Yeah. I don't think that's a needed accommodation. I for this is again, this is me personally, and I don't have, and this is not like me like an essential thing. This is like kind of secondary in my mind. But I think I don't I don't see a strong enough reason of why to do grape juice. The arguments that I've heard of like, well, what if children take it? It's so it's little. So little. It's such a little, yeah. and you don't and you they could, uh, and they don't you don't. I don't. I don't want people to avoid the cup, but it's like. They're, if they're younger, you can they can avoid that. People who they say that you know, well, what if the person is an alcoholic or they're struggling with it? Again, it's so little. I I don't think that that's going to cause them to go. And if it is, they can pass. Like they can take just the bread. Um, I would not like that though. It's not ideal, but it's it's if, if they have a problem with it, I'd say that rather than being like, okay, we can accommodate it and change well, the method. That is more. That is where I would want to be accommodating with that is because, <clears throat> like I said. Like I said, with the weekly thing, and like like mm-hmm. I would even say with the, um, I would say this with unleavened bread, and I would say this with wine is like, I'm not necessarily willing to say like it must be this way uh, for absolutely everyone, or we break fellowship, <clears throat> and especially for someone who might be an alcoholic, or even like you know you have people who say well I'm I'm gluten free, right? I would be okay. <clears throat> there's some people who have such a sensitivity to gluten that even that little bit really would yeah. set off some kind of reaction. And it's like, I, I'd want to accommodate them. And I wouldn't want people to to be taking the bread without the wine mm-hmm. or the wine without the bread. Because it's like, I think there's a significance to 
the brokenness of the body and the shed blood and it's yeah. even even the symbols of like here's the bread that's like this dry flavorless like just a morsel something that's kind of bland and and <clears throat> disappointing or not disappointing but just like uh it's very humble you know and then you have the wine and wine is like this symbol of of luxury and party like joy mm -hmm. happiness all that kind of stuff <clears throat> i wouldn't want someone to take so this has been the thing with Nicole is like there have been times that she hasn't been able to partake. And I've said like if she feels comfortable taking one, I want her taking both. If she feels comfortable, if she only feels comfortable taking one, I will take both for her. You know, and I've I've taken her communion for her because of me being her head. But um, it's like I, I wouldn't want someone taking on themselves the the uh, plainness and humility without also experiencing the joy or only the joy without the humility, mm. you know? So I get that not everybody thinks all this type of stuff, but it's like, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of ink and quite a bit of blood that's been spilled over, over this issue. And I, I, I'm not for the spilling of the blood over the issue, but it's like, man, it, it really is worth thinking about because mm -hmm. it informs the rest of your theology. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And you go back to church history and it was around, a little bit before the uh, the Reformation, the practice of the church was, if I'm remembering correctly, you got the wafer, <clears throat> you didn't get the cup. The yeah, correct. The priest yeah. got the cup. And Only you did the priest it, got the cup. And I think they were doing it uh, once a year, if I'm remembering correctly. Wow, mass only once a year? Not mass, but the, like... The communion. The, 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 the communion, the communion <clears throat> that was open to the populace. <clears throat> so, like, I think they so would the do mass every year, and the priest week? would take, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, I might be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but I think... Because I know, I know the the or of the. I'm pretty sure on the origin of Ash Wednesday and Lent was mm -hmm. a time to prepare yourself so you were worthy to take. Wow, communion. the cup at Easter. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, not wow. the cup, just communion. Okay. Because again, I don't. Oh, think, yeah, I don't true. think. Sorry. To uh, because that. again, if you the the thinking was like <clears throat> you wouldn't give the cup to them because it's so precious. What if they spill it? Yeah. What if you get? What if they're caught? Like even the, with the with the elements, like they're really when, and this this is gonna get yeah. into, this is gonna like snowball into a bigger conversation but the catholic view uh is that they take it as that what jesus is meaning is that the elements change so that when he says this is my body the bread changes to become <clears throat> his body even though it wouldn't physically look like it it's going to taste like bread and look like bread it is his body and the cup even though it tastes like wine looks like wine is his blood so if it is the actual literal blood of christ that is sacrificed for sin would you risk? Do you spilling? want to risk having someone spill it? Would you yeah. want to risk someone getting <clears throat> the, the body of Christ stuck in their beard because they were clumsy? Hmm. So that was one of the reasons they had of withholding because it all came from their view of taking that uh, literally of that this is a changing that's happening. And hmm. one of the reasons the reformers fought against <clears throat> that is because that uh, opens up into an idea that or, uh, the Eucharist each week, the practice of, is a re-sacrification yeah that's a word of jesus that jesus is now re being re-sacrificed <clears throat> coming into the bread and being doled out um, when the scripture says talks about the once for all time yeah like it's not yeah like right. he sat down his work is finished yeah that's right which i, I i've actually heard of a, a catholic priest that justified that by saying that it was a, a method of divine time travel not that you are re-sacrificing, hmm. but that you are reintroducing yourself into the sacrifice in 33 mm -hmm. AD. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think we that could... the scriptures clearly go against it. So I wouldn't hold to that. <clears throat> to oh, right. all that. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that goes without saying, but just to make sure 
Or like, I when it like seems like a, a weird way to try to like bend like mm-hmm. you know those gymnastics for what essentially winds up being the same thing mm-hmm. you know you wind up with the same problems mm-hmm. um so i i'm still not understanding of course like if they if we if i went to a church and they did wine i could not drink wine like i with any alcohol i just throw up a very small sip yeah i okay. cannot taste any type of alcohol. like i just throw up <clears throat> Hmm. That is not true. Yeah, that's not true. That well, is no, no, unless it's true. super like fruity. Like wine is not fruity enough for me. It has to be it, dosed it is fruity. Even <laughs> wine is <laughs> not fruity. The thing no, that is grapes. Yeah, but like it's not. It does not have enough sugar in it. Like, so like if, a it was, lot of, if it was a grape flavor. What if it's a rosé? I was gonna say if it's a grape flavor, like, white claw. <laughs> I think like well, if you if you see me drinking like white claw, I never finish the can. No, like I know, can. but like this is how much. Yeah, no, I'll throw up. I'm being dead serious. Like I'm like my I remember like one time my parents. Now like, you're making like, us want to try this. Uh, yeah, I'm being too serious. I promise cause I you. I don't know because like because you could even because it doesn't have. To, there's not a certain at least in my opinion there's not a certain ounceage that you're going for. So if you True. like and I, again this I would I would actually as I was thinking about this I know it sounds weird but as I was thinking about this about for the accommodation for those who like might be alcoholic or are younger if you touch it and you have uh, just a little bit like a taste of as long as I feel like you're. Um, taking that, I feel like that's, that counts. I don't think you need like a whole swallow or something like yeah. that. As long as you're in some way doing the practice of the, and because of the simple, again, the, the, what is communicating to you is that you're taking Christ in, you're taking him into yourself. Um, it doesn't need to be like a big swallow or a little swallow, you know, or anything yeah. like that. So, well, any, like, even with that, like, I'll just throw up. Like, I can't, I don't do Like, even a drop, like a little drop. Uh, like, I mean, I could, you got a drop. Yeah, this, drop. this is not a drop. No, I, but, I feel like this is not a productive no. like, avenue to pursue, but like... But if, you, I, if you guys want to test it, you can like, give me like no, a thing, no, no, I'll, no, I'll throw well, up, and but, he will throw up. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to test it, but not, <laughs> not, not, but not right now. But what I, So what I would say is to, to this kind of stuff, like, um, I think you could just have both the juice and the wine. Yeah, yeah that's what R.C. Sproul's church does when yeah. we went there. It's like they have the, the outer ring is uh, grape juice, and then in the inside of the, the tray is wine is wine yeah <clears throat> oh uh, they do little hand cups yeah oh because i've done the church i was going to they had um it's a method called intinction where you tear up a piece oh, of bread gosh, and you dip that um I and so we that. had the two Why? cups the one with wine intinction one with you take the bread and then there's a communal cup oh, and you communal? take your bread and dip your bread into the cup and yeah. then eat Take the... it all in one i cannot stand that is it because it's communal <clears throat> Well, it's no, it's not because it's communal. I would drink from a, a common cup. Oh, well, if I went to a church and they they had a common cup and I believed in open communion, then uh, <laughs> like I would I would partake of that cup. But it's like it it's because it's almost part of it is because what we see Christ doing is two separate acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the eating and the drinking are two separate acts, and so I would I would try to preserve that. Uh, also, well, what's the guy's name? Pastor in Chicago, um, Doctrine and Devotion podcast. Oh, Thorne? Yeah, Joe Thorne. He's, he yeah, makes these t-shirts that say, sip it, don't dip it. <laughs> and it's like uh, a hand dipping the bread with a big X over it. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, it is an interesting practice. I don't know if it's... I I, I, don't, I don't see the point in it. So you, yeah. Are you I think okay it's... with juice? What's that? You okay with the juice? Are you you want to say that sinful? I no? wouldn't put up a fight with it. And I it's not a hill he'd die on. I think that you're. I think you're shortchanging that. Um, but I, then I've seen people do it with with leavened bread. So it's like I think that's the same. Like you're just shortchanging it. I don't think yeah. it's wrong or less. But I think <clears throat> you are shortchanging it because uh, wine is an important part of this. Yeah. Not just because it goes back to the Passover and they had wine, 
but because the prophets um, talked about that the sign of the coming of the kingdom would be an abundance of wine. Mm. Wine mm, being a wow. symbol for the new kingdom that was coming, the <clears throat> new covenant. Um, and so now Jesus is saying, take this cup of wine. This is the new covenant of mm -hmm. more to come. I also think that that's very significant that well, the first thing Jesus is, does, the first miracle we know about is he turns water. a water into yeah. an abundance of wine. And yeah. they're looking at the Old Testament <clears throat> prophets that say wine will be abundant in the new kingdom. Mm. And that's the first thing Jesus does. And then he takes the cup. Um, and the other thing I wanted to point out, well, it's on the top of my mind before I forget it, is Travis mentioned about the bread being tiny and unleavened and humble and tasteless. And I think that's also a great point for communion that it makes is it's the promise of uh, it's the it's the cup of the new covenant to remember Jesus. And it's also a pointer forward to the new kingdom, the mm. new the um, new heavens, new earth, because it's tiny. It's unimpressive. It's like a thimble mm. of mm. wine. It's a tiny little piece of cracker <clears throat> you're taking. It's, and it's like this is the meal. This yeah. is the feast. It's like it's so little, but it reminds you of there's so much more to come, just like the Holy Spirit. The seal of the Holy Spirit is um a foretaste of what of the more that's to come and then and then just a very quick note like thinking in my post-millennial shoes is uh like okay think of how small of a thimble of wine that would be and if every believer took communion every week how many gallons of wine that would be total and it's like yeah. you got people in like you know, I always say, like, the Philippines and Argentina and Mongolia and Egypt and France, like, people just taking this wine and saying, like, this is the blood of the covenant, the covenant of that, you know, Jewish homeless yeah. carpenter guy from 2000. That's God, and this is his blood, and this That's is right. his covenant, and I'm in it. It's mm. ah, man, it's just so, yeah, so does, great, Does man. the Bible say anything about, like, Let's say like you're not you're not a Christian. You take on it, or you don't confess. Does the Bible say anything about, about taking that? communion in an unworthy manner? Unworthy manner, yeah. Paul talks about people dying because of it. Okay. <laughs> well, yes. So, yeah. you, like, tell seems me, like a pretty big deal. Why? <clears throat> um, well, I just want to say. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, this was just the the Catholic wafer is uh, unleavened bread. Is it is hmm. unleavened? It's unleavened. Yeah. Oh, hmm. look at that! Go Catholics. <laughs> But I would Everything say, else, no, but that, good job, guys. <laughs> hey, they got the Trinity, right? I'd much rather unleavened bread than crackers. I don't like crackers. It's well, just, crackers it's still unleavened, it's just... It's just so... But it does have I feel flavor like it's so it. childish. It does have flavor. What? I well, think it's no, crackers and grape from, juice. From what I understand, yeah. the, um, the matzah that they would use in Passover, it being unleavened bread, it was baked to where it would be, like, kind of crispy. And, and it's just a then giant there are, saltine. Is I don't think it's... Salt. yeah. I, I don't think it's the best, but then you have, like, uh, people who would talk about the matzah being a type of Christ because it's bruised because yeah. of the coloring. It's pierced. It's broken because you break it into the smaller pieces. Um, and, you know, they do all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, I, I, I definitely appreciate, you know, the object lesson, but I wouldn't take it as yeah. a, like, biblical, this was the intention. Well, okay, I guess everything's the intention of God, so I got to. Yeah, I think people are Follow reading that. in a little bit too much when they, I've heard I've heard of that. They're it's a neat a object bit. lesson. It, it's good you know? didactically, but I don't yeah. think the scriptures is saying all of the little features of how matzah Correct. is made. Um, I do think it is cool to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's my goodness! goodness. Can, um, but yeah, can you tell me more about like what Paul said? Just because that's really interesting to me. Because like I felt like if a lot more people knew that, like I'm not saying every Christian, but I'm saying there there's got to be some people do that without I think they just do it because everyone else is doing it mm -hmm. yeah. so I, like I am I am interested in what Paul exactly says about that 
Oh, yes. Can I you mean, tell me where in the Bible I can just look it up? Later. So it's First Corinthians eleven. I think so. Somewhere right? in first, I'm fuzzy on it. Um, and it talks about how you have people who have. Uh, so Paul tells believers that they need to, when they're approaching the Lord's table, they need to examine themselves, and they need to uh, be serious about, mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to. I don't want to say root out the sin, but you know, trying to uncover sin in their own life and uh, be honest and transparent with God about it. Not like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about to do this holy thing where I partake in the, the body and blood of Christ afresh. But also I have this grudge against my brother because he owes me $200 and like, I'm not forgiving that guy. Like he's a deadbeat. He's a jerk. And, uh, or, you know, whatever the sin or the grudge or the, the hang up is, it's like, I'm not letting go of that. And I'm also, you know, taking the elements right. that that's really dangerous. And, and Paul says that because of that um, callousness and that cavalier attitude of just kind of like charging boldly into the into what should be a very somber um, exercise, there are some among you in your church that are dead because they've been so um, brass, mm -hmm. brass, brash, brazen. Mm -hmm. They've been brazen. so brazen. So. Um <clears throat> you know, with their with oh, their sorry. attitude when it comes to that. Go ahead. What, well, I was gonna say, what what would be an example of the meaning of yeah. being brazen? Yeah. Um, I I would say so. What we say when we talk about communion is, and this really does, in a large part, uh, fall on the individual because they know their life better than anyone else. I think elders also should take more of a part in this. Um, and I I don't think I've ever seen proper fencing. Uh, done in any church that I've been in, but uh, if I have known unrepentant sin in my life, so what we say in communion is, uh, if you are a believer, you're trusting in Jesus Christ's sacrifice alone for the forgiveness of your sins, and then the second thing is, if you are confessing and forsaking all known sin in your life, we invite you to come partake in this um, practice with us. I used to also say, if you're harboring, harboring a bread a grudge, a, a grudge against uh, a brother or sister, but I think that's also kind of wrapped up in the known unrepentant sin. Like holding a grudge is is sin, you know. I think uh, that's actually not a bad thing to to keep in there, though. And personally, because I I get that it's specific and it could call other things to mind, but then there's a dozen other things that you could include. Well, I, well, know? the reason I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of that is because Jesus talk Jesus himself says if you bring your grudge against your brother, yeah. bring your grudge, leave it there, and go be reconciled to your brother if you bear a grudge against him, or you have something like that. And I think I could see people saying, you know, oh, I repented of it. I said I told God that I was sorry. But Paul's I, in his court. But I still well, not not even like well, but it's like but there's there I was still <clears> really mean to this brother and I haven't said anything to him and I'm like well mm. I I said I was sorry to God. I don't need mm, to go say I'm sorry. Right. I'm going to be reconciled because I've already <clears throat> I've already repented, which is kind of true. But I think I I would I would definitely be on the sign up of in communion. We should make sure that we're not frustrated or we're we're all reconciled because this meal is yeah unity. And, and I would say I like that idea. I also think that if that's the case, then the phrase of you need to make sure that you're not holding a grudge against your brother and sister, that is equally as weak because the person could still say, well, I'm not holding the grudge. Yeah. Um, That's why I would so say, it, I would say maybe you would say like reconciled. that you've been reconciled. Yeah. yeah because me. the, the meals, the, <clears throat> the main parts of the meal is that we're doing, it's, it's, it shows together. our unity as Christians yeah. together and that we're not holding on to um, knit, um, nags and uh, frustrations and we're unre or, or unreconciled. And yeah. I uh, personally, I've, reunited. I've, uh, talked to people or friends and counseled them and said 
you know, you know, you're really angry at this person. I understand, and I'm not trying to rush you to be reconciled. I will say that churches tomorrow don't take communion. As a believer, mm, yeah. hold off on this until yeah, you reconcile. People that, yeah. And I think that's a wise thing, because, not just because it's like, well, that's really mean, or whatever. You'll get some looks. It's like, well, no, it should. It should feel like something's broken, yeah. and you need to fix it. That's the whole point of it. It's not to like be mean and say you can't do this, you can't participate with us. Yeah. It's to remind us of, oh, there's something important that I need to be doing, yeah. and kind of hurrying that <clears throat> along. So, um, okay, this is be a little complicated. I don't disagree with anything that you guys are saying. I think you're just misapplying it. I don't. I think you're you're in that you're you're attaching it to to communion when that's not mm-hmm. things that are attached to communion. So one, the whole the grudge thing, which what would help someone uh, think about this in a proper way is that Jesus says if someone has a grudge against you, so now you're not just thinking of your internal mm. feelings, but have I offended anybody? Mm-hmm. But again, he says that when offering sacrifice in the temple this, yeah. this isn't uh communion yeah i was gonna point that out the the gift on the altar right yeah and then the <clears throat> i think how would that apply in the new kingdom if he's talking about temple worship right i don't think that's what i'm saying i don't so think so you're saying that the, the principle he's saying is does not apply anymore no the principle mm-hmm. does because he talks about forgiveness yeah, so okay. it's almost like right concept, wrong text. Like yeah. that's not the text I would necessarily use to back up that that concept. And I, I kind of see where you're where you're coming from with that. Yeah, so that that's one mm-hmm. aspect. The <clears throat> the other ones really have to do with. I think that obviously, I mean, you could choose communion to be a time to to reflect on um, yourself, obviously. Um, but I think when Paul's talking about examining himself, he was specific to them not being a body and not behaving in a way that a body behaves. We're just waiting for one another and taking communion with one another and, and understanding that this isn't a feast where you just mm. fill your your stomach, but yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. a remembrance of, of Jesus' sacrifice. So I think that, you know, like even just... So in, instead of examine yourselves being an individual call to introspection, it's like, look at yourselves. Look at what you've turned this into. Like you, right? Know, I mean, know. obviously it would be individual because yeah. you, you have a guilty. yeah. But but is yeah. am I is that a fair yeah understanding of what um, you're saying? So yeah, and so what I would say is like, um, I I'm because this is you can use you can say like you know if you have because I know you use you, you uh, mentioned the phrase open unrepentant sin or sin you haven't forsaken, mm-hmm. which every day i guess that's going to be there mm-hmm. and you can use that but i wouldn't uh prohibit someone from taking communion i think it's like think about those sins mm. now let communion be a reminder so that it's like the start of repentance rather than mm-hmm. because you haven't repented therefore you're prohibited mm-hmm. uh so where do so for prohibiting communion i would say if you're disciplining the person to be outside the body then prohibit the communion but if they're mm-hmm. in the body then allow them because that's i feel like a mode in which they can or it can be used as a remembering christ remembering the sacrifice as a grace yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's all i'm saying is like because yeah. nothing what you guys are saying is is wrong i just i see that we always apply it to communion it's like but wait a minute like mm-hmm. if i'm sorry for my sin this is my first moment here of repentance. I want to partake. Yeah, yeah and, and that so is, that's I what I'm... I have in mind okay, okay. when I say yeah. uh, confessing and for say. I don't mean like, oh, you know, you've already set up an accountability relationship with someone. And so in that sense, okay. you're, you're taking steps toward repentance. But I would say, um, and, and you know, push back against this, please, if, if you think that it's not founded. 
But if, if I would say, I'm a Christian, and, like, there's this thing, you know, maybe it's my, my foul mouth, maybe it's my, um, you know, addiction to pornography, maybe it's my, uh, the fact that I hate my brother for what he did mm -hmm. to me, um, and I'm not planning on forgiving him anytime soon, you know, it's like, God might strike me down, blah, blah, like, and, and people who call themselves Christians Jeez, talk like man, this, that's... they're, they're I mean, I know people who Holy say, <laughs> like, oh, well, God's just going to have to give me grace because I'm not able to forgive him after what he did to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, oh, sometimes it's, honestly, here's the thing. Sometimes it's not like, oh, he, you know, took my car for a joyride with that. Sometimes it's like my uncle raped me, mm. you know? So it's not, it's not like, oh, that person must be so yeah. shallow. Yeah. You know, some I, I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt when it comes to this, but it's like, look... Your approach to all of those things must be Christ is Lord over every inch of my life. Mm -hmm. And like there is nothing that means more to me than obeying him. And man, I know I'm going to fail again this week when it comes to this, this or this. But it's like, God, be fixing my eyes on your sacrifice. You know, be mm -hmm. using even this as a, as a means of of communicating your grace and your love and your forgiveness and, and your your justice to me because it's like let me when i when i think on my sin let me think how the spilling of christ's blood was made for the remission of sins made you know specifically to satisfy your wrath and how i deserve to be treated for the way that i think about my brother or my you know every time i look at you know this or every time i i talk like this or you know just remind me the seriousness of the treason of what i'm doing when i uh, engage in those things. So yeah, I, I would say um, that such a person confronted with their sin, um, I would say, you know, is is still able to take communion. But if they are saying, well, whatever, God's just going to have to get over it because, and I'm not lying, like I've heard people talk yeah. exactly like that, people mm -hmm. who claim to be Christians, and it's like, you need to be careful because if you take, if you just, you know, Martin brazen and I don't mean like oh we can approach the throne of grace with boldness but I mean like you just kind of swagger into the throne room of God you know yank the chalice off the and you know take a swig and slam it down okay peace out I'll be I'll be back next week and you have no reverence for the sacrifice that was made for you like you might be put to sleep um mm -hmm. you need you need to be um very you know we should experience joy and and um just encouragement through communion but also it's it's something that's serious mm -hmm. you know it's it's not something to be done um with levity go mm -hmm. ahead um so th this is kind of a two-part i'm going to explain this pretty bad i hope you guys get this okay so let's say would you it's kind of a two-part question first question would be um if the church is not like it's not really based of God. I mean, let's say like the pastor. Okay, let's say he's he's not he's not a Christian, and he's doing communion, and the people are doing communion. Mm -hmm. Okay, would it be would it would it still be okay for the people to take communion? They they don't know that the pastor's not you know, a Christian, mm -hmm. but like it would have uh, would be no effect. It would be no effect right? on the people taking communion. That's my yeah. first question. Second so, one would be like. I know there's a lot of different churches, and um, and I assume I'm gonna assume they all do communion. Do you think it's wrong for them to do it, or do you think like only one like this, like this, like a Catholic for instance? Like, mm -hmm. if you consider Catholic people not Christian, 
they shouldn't like when they take communion it means nothing like they're mm-hmm. like they're just drinking mm-hmm. crackles and mm-hmm. drinking wine but if you're talking about like an actual christian church mm-hmm. they what they're doing is actually good so like i'm asking mm-hmm. is all the types of different types of churches mm-hmm. like they're just doing communion just because of mm-hmm. so you got the pastor question and the denomination question. yeah denomination yeah so i know that See, for the early church yeah this, that was that's really that's good what, that is a really good question. um and the early church had a big struggle mm-hmm. with this and one of the things was like what happens if you know i'm baptized by this man that's what I was saying. exactly and that that was the whole contention i'm baptized by this pastor and then it turns out later that he was like a heretic and he was sleeping around and he just totally bails on the faith and whatever do I now need to go get baptized by another guy? Mm-hmm. And the church came to the conclusion, I think it's, you know, a fair conclusion, mm-hmm. like, hey, no, you weren't you weren't mm-hmm. saved by the legitimacy of your pastor's ordination mm-hmm. or office. You know, you were you were saved uh well, you were saved by the grace of God. And if there's any efficacy of the um the right of baptism, it's not because of his ordination. It's because of the doing of the thing. So ex opere operata, mm-hmm. I think, is, is which the is, Latin, it, which, for, is which fr- means like yeah. through the doing of the thing itself, yeah. it's good enough or holy or whatever you want to say. It is fascinating church from a church history perspective because of how Catholics landed on the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. what the early church yeah. decided on for orthodoxy is that the the ministers of God are not the mediators of the gift itself. Yeah. It is. It comes solely from Christ to the Christian, is what yeah. um, uh, Augustine well, was talking about. About because he was one of the talking about that issue about the mm-hmm. it's not the worthiness of the person because they're not causing the miracle to happen. They're not causing this to happen. Yeah, they're not causing communion to be sacred. So it's interesting that it went from that to somehow later on the priest is now mediating this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. well, I was to say the big uh, thing to take away is it's like obviously you didn't know at but, the time. Yeah. And, like we wouldn't say. Go, go mm-hmm. to an openly gay pastor and receive mm-hmm. communion yeah. be, because it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it sends the wrong message. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. so you would be so that would be okay. So let's say someone takes communion in a home, it wouldn't, it would still. Ooh. You can't take communion at home. So, like, you, so you're saying, so you're saying, so you're saying, so you're saying it's like if you're taking communion at church because you're saying like it's okay if I take communion at church even though the, I don't know the pastor is doing mm-hmm. all this and stuff, mm-hmm. but like I'm taking personally, it's for me like between me and god no no it's no. not between you okay and god. but you're saying but okay that's, that's what, that was another question i was asking and so you're saying that communion and, and, yeah. and there's a difference yeah. between saying it's the pastor it's all about the pastor and then saying like it's between it's only a thing between me and god i don't agree with either okay. of those. So it then, is us uh, uh, okay it yeah. is the gathered body so it would you so say... like at, at youth group there have been people who have talked about like oh I want to get baptized, but like, I don't want to get baptized at the church. Can I get baptized at youth group? Cause I kind of know you guys and everything. And I told them like, look, we're all your family. And even the ones that you're uncomfortable around or you don't know, like, this is something I want everyone to witness your baptism so that later they can, you know, call that to remembrance. And like, you, you would be blessing people by, by saying like, I'm going to be baptized in the, in the sight of all of you. It's not something that you should feel ashamed or nervous about. And then there have even been people who have said, like, you know, what about, uh, like, on our youth summer retreat, like, could we do a thing where we have a uh, time of testimonial and then take communion after? Because, hey, hey, we have, actually, one of our uh, youth leaders is an elder now. So it's like, huh, we have enough. And it's like, no, we're not the gathered body, you know? And just because we have this, these people are out and these people have COVID mm-hmm. and these people are on vacation, it's like, no, we're, we are the gathered body. Whatever percentage of us is here, it's not the youth ministry or the ladies ministry right. or the 
whatever. It's like we're the body, and so we're taking it together. So you're saying you should not be taking communion if you're not in church. Well, if, if you're in a house church, if you're in a house church, like okay, I'm in a house. I'm in a I'm in a in a uh, plant in somebody's living room, and there are twenty of us, and you know we're about to like that. It's fine to take communion okay. in a house as long as that house is mm-hmm. a church. Okay. okay, you know, but in a life group. You should not be taking communion, communion okay. because mm-hmm. it's not a church. I I uh, <laughs> I, I disagree because um, I think like if you're going to do it, see as who a, needs Miguel to be the, <laughs> the black sheep. If uh, if you're going to do it as a family, for instance, I think that husband, wife, and children, essentially, <coughs> you guys can take communion together. I think where it's it difference is because we've had the discussion, is the idea that you guys believe that elders or an elder needs to administer? Uh, the, the fundamental sign of community is the common unity of believers, yeah. which is not happening in your house. If you're so I'm, believe- not saying you, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm saying you can't take communion in your house. Because it, there's not the, a community. The, the sign is like not the greater there. communion. You wouldn't say that your family is a, a church? No. No. I, it's a, it's not fam- a church. Your family is not the called out ones to gather. Yeah, but you're never actually fully representing the called ones out together anyway. So it's, it's a like, local church you are, yeah. But, that's, but he's saying because there happen to be people absent or whatever it is. Well, not even just absent, but like you're not doing that with other churches. So you're, you're always going to be a microcosm. So now we're going to talk about open and closed communion in local church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess we, I'm just saying like I, I don't see any specific instruction where it says that an elder needs to be present nor... How many people? Well, I also, I don't think, when I was saying that other people said, oh, now we have an elder, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily of no, that, yeah. uh, of that stance that like the pastor has to be present or the elder, you know, it must be an elder administering it. Like I, for all intents and purposes, administer communion in that I lead it up at our church and I'm not ordained. Right. Um, so it's like, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I would not fall in that camp at all to say like you must have because what happens if let's say all of our elders have covid um this sunday or they all had an exposure and they all have to stay home are we still able to partake and i would say absolutely we are right. we're, we're the gathered people and i mean this also gets into our our pardon um our belief about kind of church structure in general because it's like i i believe that a local autonomous body is a thing like a, a local autonomous church that kind of makes its own decisions for you know who they're going to call as a pastor and and you know specific rules about how they're you know what time they're going to meet all that they are an entity that is separate from what might be a sister church of like faith and practice but it's Mm -hmm. like we're not i'm not a member of your church and yes we're all members of the family of god and we're all members of the capital c church the bride of christ but it's like you're your pastor is not my pastor mm-hmm. and uh you know like your um your elders are not my elders and you know like any if if my pastor and my elders are speaking with authority into my life they're doing so through the scripture so in in like way you know you as a friend or your your pastor as a friend of mine um mm-hmm. could speak mm-hmm. with the authority of the word into our lives but i do mm-hmm. think that there's a a distinction that's there so yes in my impeccable memory <laughs> might be missing some stuff but like I, like i said i just i don't see a well-defined uh qualification as to who the gathering has to be and how much mm-hmm. how many people are there so i would say like i wouldn't say that 
under normal circumstances that there are local churches there isn't persecution or anything like that mm. so for the most part here in the United States uh, that you, I wouldn't even say have communion with yourself that would be weird mm. maybe that's something that we could talk about if the circumstances set up for that but um, what I say I don't see it being imp- like you were saying can't I wouldn't put can't there like a family can't have communion again not like oh, a, not like real- a like a it's ontologically impossible. Well, hang because on, because of we, what communion means. So, have mm-hmm. you guys seen Midnight Mass? I haven't. Midnight Mass. It's a. Uh, it's on Netflix. Mass, it's the guy who did um, the Haunting of Hill House, the Haunting of. Planet. Oh yeah, but um, I haven't seen it. It's it's worth a watch, and especially as a Catholic, I think you would really love it. Um, but there's the practice that apparently Catholic priests do, where like, what if if there's an elderly person who's bedridden the priest will take the elements to that person's house and or take with them, like ex- take communion uh, with them. Extreme unction or a different one? What? Extreme unction or not? Or is it a different rite? Oh, the I The last rites that you get? No, 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 it's not, it's, no not, okay. it's not last rites. It's like, oh, this person is, is bedridden, and so every week yeah. I drive out to their house with the elements and I take with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really beautiful. I mean, so, Eric, you told the story when we when we broke just about some... Uh, hospitality and it's like man I, I that does seem like something that Christians elders pastors like that that seems to fall under pastoral care um, mm, right definitely right. yeah uh, but you're, you're saying um, just if you don't mind expounding <clears throat> on what do you mean ontologically yeah so the the purpose of commune is that you're sharing with uh, the uh, fellow you're showing fellow Christians together in memory of Jesus that this is an establishment that was given to the church not to individual Christians to do or to do whatever they see fit and I don't see well but Eric would say a family I wouldn't see a family as much as they are flying as a church but but he's not saying that they're a church but it's a gathering of believers yeah and so just like when you go to your church not everybody at the church is present if you go to a family it's not a it's not a full church yeah duh but like it is a gathering of people who are trusting hoping and, and trusting it's not an either Christ. or Mm-hmm. either or it's not either or mm-hmm. for me it's like yeah you're if you're doing it at your church absolutely mm-hmm. if you wanted to do that uh, as a family i don't know what reason but for whatever reason you want to maybe you want to do also family devotions yeah. you know like do family devotions you're gonna I do don't it see on friday problem. nights i don't i don't think the church has ever i don't think in the practice of christianity that's ever been allowed until recently that's but ever Eric been, not, is even, also, not even just not even just an allowed that's ever been a thing that ever came in any, any Christian's mind to do. Oh come on! Like in two thousand years, like four billion well, Christians, no of, one ever thought of it. Because <laughs> the meaning of communion is not Eric, individualistic. You are the first person, but he's not saying individual. I think a family unit is a, is is still you're thinking individualistically. My group, mm. my people, my one flesh, and I are taking communion together. But again, Eric's also not saying it's an either or thing. It's not like oh okay, and you you'll go. Like, hey, here's the benediction. Now everybody go home and at some point during this week take communion. He's saying you would take it as the gathered body and and I'm not not taking a side, like no, I'm no, not, yeah. um but it's like what Eric is saying is yeah, it would be a community, it would be a smaller community, and you would also do it as a church as a whole. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that But Eric Christians... is saying like the scripture doesn't seem to be so clear as to say like it has to be at church on a Sunday morning yada yada you yeah. know mm. which i think is fair i also do really like kind of putting reins on like what i'm willing to do in a in, like if i was a 
pastor elder of a church, I would want it to be informed. So absolutely, the scripture is what we cannot break, but I would want it to also be very much informed by and in keeping with the things that Christians have been doing for 2,000 years. Right. You know? um, and I think that putting a structure there, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you say this is the only structure, that's that's what I would have a, a problem with. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think even in scripture there's a there's that amount of freedom. Wiggle of room. Communion can just kind of be whatever you want to make it. Um, or or with what can you use Doritos? Um, instead of the so everything bed. that we like with wine and on the mm-hmm. bread, it's it's Doritos and purple drink. A purple drink. If it causes my brother to stumble, I won't do that, right? Because mm-hmm. if they think it's sacrilegious, obviously mm-hmm. I won't do that. Mm-hmm. But if nobody has any, uh, you know, offense in their their conscience, mm-hmm. then I, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Because, but again, because we'll get, I we we I think we're gonna get into this, but like, you know, the the way that Christ is present mm-hmm. in the elements. So like, I would rather do wine and bread just because that's how it's traditionally yeah. been. There's obviously the symbolism yeah. there, but um, I. Th- well, I guess you're not going to be able to with the cheese and also on a Dorito. Um, I think you might lose some of that, but I don't think like that's all of a sudden. Well, and and part of it's like I I definitely see the covenant of grace. Like there there is a lot. It becomes evident that there is more grace in the New Testament, but I mm. do think it's helpful to remember like in the old testament god would not have been okay with them well we're gonna use leavened bread we forgot to get it out of our house Mm -hmm. um well you know i know god tells us to worship at the temple but we've got this grove this high place that we've set up and we're still gonna worship god we're still gonna worship yahweh we're not even gonna use an idol but just like i'm not gonna be able to make it all the way to jerusalem because of this other priority that i have like you know where i've and this kind of touches on something we were talking about while we were working out about Christians working on Sundays and like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not able to get off. It's like, man, it, it's got to cost you something like, you know, it, you can't just be like halfway thinking about the commandments, like not super concerned with with the law of God. And Oh, man, Passover snuck up on me this year. I do have leaven in my house. Well, let's let's just kind of do the best we can. No, it's like we need to be we do need to be intentional about um being as obedient as we can for the things that we know we're supposed to obey okay so that's that's me speaking on speaking kind of from the half of my brain that is very much like let's be serious about this let's not just like oh hey well i brought some well i know i know kevin does it as a joke whenever he comes to a party (laughs) he'll have like you know grape soda and triscuits he's like i brought the elements (laughs) or you know have just whatever he brings and uh but yeah, it's like that. It's it's not something to do casually. And mm-hmm. then I also I really do want to temper that with the other half of my brain. It's like I have a an Eastern Orthodox Catholic living in the left half of my brain and an Anabaptist living in the right half of my brain. Where the Anabaptist is like, dude, what does the Scripture say? That's what you're bound to. Do not make a law for the members of your church that you can't back up in Scripture. Don't tell them you may not do this if the Scripture does not explicitly tell them that they, like. Who are you to to put that impetus on them? Right, and so it's like, man, I really do get that, and I don't, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel this tension mm-hmm. between like wanting to be formal and respectful and 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 somber, and then on the other hand, I want to make sure that the scripture is drawing all of my lines, you know, all of my hard 
you may not pass this type of lines and everything else it can inform the structure of communion but it can't have authority right, right, right. in the in the way that scripture can yeah and so that's that's what i think it just comes down to is like um obviously christians need to be taking communion right the mm -hmm. the form of how that happens like i think it's just up to your church and how you guys want to do it so that you're not offending one another um the the whole the frequency is, is a bit difficult because while it's not defined it says mm -hmm. frequent and it's mm -hmm. kind of like i don't think once or twice a year is frequent mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. counts at all mm -hmm. but uh then you do it every like, week. jesus why couldn't you have just said every lord's day every <laughs> you know yeah so it's like there there is some wiggle room mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and i think that that's when you guys when christians just like make an agreement on exactly how it, how it looks like so it mm -hmm. will be different i guess from church to church and mm -hmm. you know they'll make it a law that you're putting on other people if they don't mm. see it that way mm -hmm. uh but there are i would say that there are hard lines mm -hmm. when it comes to communion mm -hmm. um so i don't see if someone had let's say we were at a party <laughs> with christians <laughs> it's just christian party mm -hmm. and someone had grape juice and doritos and they're like hey let's take communion i would be like look if you really want to take communion uh i'm all for that I know that again you would probably say that that's if it's all christians it, it still needs to be the gathering mm -hmm. but um i'm all for that but why why are we just not even putting an effort as to at least trying to replicate what is, mm -hmm. is said in the scriptures like it's not grape juice yeah let me go down to the store real quick yeah. it's not gonna cost us anything so yeah. uh so that that's kind of where i'm at so i guess kind of in the in mm -hmm. between here yeah and... that's my that's my point of view is like i i do think we should have it as accurate as we can be with wine mm -hmm. with with unleavened bread and um i think there's a there's it's packed full of meaning mm -hmm. um and i think i would say that the reason i was mentioning churches i could be 100 percent wrong on that they no one ever thought about it doing it that way mm -hmm. but i do think the point i'm trying to make is i think the reason why we have more of a loose hand on it now or it's like oh maybe we could do it at home or Let's grab some gummy bears on a youth retreat. I think the reason that comes about is because of a certain viewpoint of communion. Mm. So we had we talked mm. about the transubstantiation view, and that's like you you the church is very strictly coordinating off. Mm -hmm. This is precious. This is the actual blood of Jesus. We're not spilling it. Mm. You have the Lutheran view where they're still seeing it. They're not seeing it as actual blood, but they're seeing that Jesus is really present in it. Mm -hmm. So you really need to pay attention. Is that the one that's called sacred. consubstantiation is yeah, real that's, presence? That's it, what are those the, the same thing? Uh, consubstantiation and real presence are the same thing. Okay, consubstantiation yeah. is the, the mocking term that was called to it. Real presence is mm -hmm. what Lutherans call it. I didn't realize it was a mocking term. Not necessarily like, mocking. Con just, the, just means with in it, Latin, right? not, So it's like they're present with. It might not be mocking, but like a, it was like a tongue-in-cheek thing of like mm. trans to con. And okay. but I know Lutherans. Trans to con. I know Lutherans don't like to say consubstantiation. They like to say real presence. Okay. That Christ is really and powerfully present in it, and so that is another reason why they guard and fence the table. This is something very, very important, very special, because Luther Lutherans are like reform, like by by the very closest definition reformed catholics they're very there it's it's as close as you can get to catholicism without uh 
or while still believing in justification by faith alone. That's Lutheranism. Like <laughs> Even class, closer like than classic, Anglican? Like classic Lutheranism. I think classic Lutheranism, or like Luther himself, would have probably probably been clo- uh, closer Lu- to Anglican. Luther himself, maybe. But I'm, yeah. I'm thinking like, what about King Henry VIII's Anglicanism? Like before, that before been, Cromwell, before Cranmer. I would see those about the same. Cranmer, yeah, yeah, about yeah. the same. Because I mean, okay. uh, uh, Henry still to the day he died called himself the defender of the Catholic Church. Yep. Um... So those, so we have those views. So that's so you can see like why they're refencing the table because this is such a precious symbol for the church, or not precious. This is not even a symbol. This is a precious sacrament that the church is guarding. So it's not merely a symbol. Yeah, and so then you get Calvin's view where where your Christ is spiritually present. It's a means of grace. Something is flowing into the believer. There's some uh, unity. There's some spiritual strengthening that's going on while taking communion. While Christ isn't like really present. There's no morphing of the elements there's a lot of symbolism going on but there's a powerful thing happening here that doesn't happen over here then you get the memorial view of like zingley where it was a heavy thing it's weighty mm. it's not just like it's insignificant or it doesn't matter it's a heavy memorial that mm. weighs on the christian's heart that he rejoices in christ's um christ's um sacrificial death for him he mourns that christ had to pay for his sins he's re- he's mm. reflecting on himself um like all the things that travis is talking about like the zwinglian view and then what morphed from there is the like popular 20th century Baptist view, which is this is just a fun little meaningless symbol that we do because Jesus told us to do. And I think because of that view, and I'm, I'm, I'm caricaturizing. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Just be, but because be of the view where it's not even like a deep memorial view, it's like a this is a symbol. I've even had preachers talk about like this is a symbol. We take it or leave it. But this is what we're doing. Um, that view, I think that's where we start to really loosen up, not just fencing the table, but like, oh, you can do it here, you can do it there, because it's just a fun practice that Christians mm. can do, instead of it being this this sacrament. So I think, uh, I, I what I will say after reflecting on it, of you know, my view is my view, it's, 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 it, seems, it does it is get very strong on communion, but it all matters on where you are at on that scale of what you believe about communion. Yeah. If you believe it's something that is a sacrament that's sacred that the church needs to guard, versus is it just something as simple as taking a prayer walk. I, I, th- oh. I think the one really clear thing that would differentiate it is it is at least a commandment. Yes. Like, we are commanded to do it. Yeah. So it, it's, you know... Anyway, you were going to say... Well, I was going to um, add a step to yeah. that. Um, because Can you color on the spectrum? Yeah, because, uh, well, it, it the, the college I went to uh, was Restoration Movement, mm-hmm. uh, which is a unique movement to, um, or at least it, where it started was here in, mm-hmm. in the Americas. Um, one of the big, so one of the founders of it, um, Alexander Campbell, one of his big mm-hmm. problems with, I, were they Methodists? Methodists were in Scotland. Or no, Presbyterians. Was it just Presbyterians? We were Methodists. Here. America, yeah. Oh, okay, so maybe that's later on but it was the presbyterian uh fence on the table he didn't like that because he believed it was open to all believers Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't that oh let's open it so anybody who's anybody but like if anybody's a christian you shouldn't fence like this member this members only kind of thing so i think that was an important step to then obviously how it's the genesis of of i guess what you would call less reverence towards uh, the communion mm. yeah although, which there's definitely there is yeah there are churches out there that there's just no reverence mm. it's a it's a flippant thing like yeah. but i although to throw a little wrench in there i do think that communion sh- and the table should be open to any believers 
mm-hmm. I, I go back and forth and like members only would be the easiest way to, that I would find because I talked about Travis about this of fencing the table to making sure that um, all of the people in our body that were that, that the elders are um, shepherding are properly taking communion but I um, I would say that communion to, to in order to take communion you should be a baptized you should be baptized so I feel like that's a requirement for sorry you should be baptized as a result of your confession of faith mm-hmm. a proper baptism Baptist um yes <laughs> uh and then the fables open because it because I get what you're saying like I, I would say it this way and this is going to seem confusing and seem like it's contradicting what I'm saying but I'll, I'll wrap it around where I'll come back to make sense because it's not a singular church's table it's the lord's supper it's his supper that he gives out which means it's open to any believer so if i go to a church if i go up and visit a church up and like when i go up to new um uh new england and i visit a church that i used to be at um up there i'm not currently a member there but i'm going to take communion there i'm a believer um and that's and that's not against their policy uh because again it's the lord's supper it's the church's table uh it's it's for any believer to come to but the way that you come to it and you, the way that it's uh, that communion is given out is via the churches. So that makes sense. Okay, so it's not yeah, so yeah. it's like it's not like this is for believers, so whenever a believer wants to do it, they can just do it. <clears throat> right, right, right. It's that this is done via the churches and under the church's supervision. And if a church if that local church decided that they wanted to cordon it off and be members only, I'm fine with that. Mm. Um, but I I personally would say uh, if you're a baptized believer, but it it gets tough because it's like how do you if you are going to be fencing the table? How do you do that mm. if you're just having it mm. open to anybody? I've, I've mm. even asked um, specifically about when I give the communion talk um, if I should or could um, include the phrase. So if you are trusting in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins, if you're confessing and forsaking all known sins, and if you've been baptized as a confession of your faith, I thought like I would I would love like if I started a church, I feel like I would include that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, correct me if I'm wrong, but do Presbyterians get a second baptism? I would want them to. Well, let's say they didn't. So you're saying, so you're asking if a Presbyterian came to my yeah. church, do they, are they wanting to be a member of the church? Or are they wanting to like, are they, are they frequently visiting? Like, well, let's or, say it's your church where you, you yeah. would, you're open because I know he wouldn't be open to, mm-hmm. uh, so that's not even a question, mm-hmm. but like your church would be open to other Christians. Who well, there's a conversation to be had, but oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to warn you, I'm very, very ardently Baptist. So my man. So if a Presbyterian came to, if if there was a Presbyterian that came to, like so, like, and this is gonna set, this is gonna sound super harsh, but I'm like, well, I do want like what Travis is saying. I want the scriptures to mm. be the authority, mm. not what my like my opinion. I think the scriptures are pretty clear. Yeah. If R.C. Sproul came to my church and said, "Can I take communion with you?" I said, "No, you're not baptized." Mm-hmm. That would be my answer. Mm-hmm. Just because he's a great theologian and I think he was a you know a solid mm. man of the faith. He's being disobedient, not being baptized. Mm. Period. Mm. Mm. Why? Why aren't you being baptized? Why are you refusing? And baptism? and I think an even further instance of harshness. It's like you'd almost have some like, why are you here? Why? Like that's true. You don't believe this is a legitimate enterprise that we have going on. Like you think that we're, you know, under a delusion in as far as like our understanding of. Uh, you know, of, of baptism and not like baptism is an outworking of a, of a deeper theological conviction, mm-hmm. which is what does it mean to be in Christ? You know, what is the default state? Mm-hmm. Uh, so my daughter, when she's born in, in April, you know, is she going to be in Christ because she happens to have been born into a, 
a family where both of her mm. parents are believers or is she fallen and in need of mm. union with Christ? Is she united to Christ or is she in need of union with Christ? Um, and it's like, that's a, that's a big deal, you know? And, and I do, part of me is like, I understand where it's like, okay, look, you're, you're a Presbyterian. You have solid, um, you know, theology on the Trinity and, and the gospel sanctification, all, all that kind of stuff. And you want to plug in here and you're not necessarily wanting to like, you know, teach a class or whatever, but you are wanting to help check kids into the nursery or whatever. And it's like, am I going to tell you that you, you may not become a partner here? Part of me understands the, the idea of like, look, um, the, the thing that makes us brothers is the fact that we say Jesus is Lord. And we mean the same thing when we say that, but I do also think that specifically because of where we live in the United States, it's like, look, let me recommend to you a church where you would better fit. Like, here's a Presbyterian church in celebration where you might feel more at home. And if you say like, oh, well, I, I don't like their children's program as much. It's like, okay, well, then you got to choose, you know, mm. like, are what's more dear to your heart? Um, like the fact that they have a lame children's ministry or the fact that you hold this conviction about about baptism and if your conviction about baptism is dearer to your heart go be a part like help them improve their children's ministry mm -hmm. you know and that's not something i would say if i was a church planter in mongolia and it's mm -hmm. like look we really are trying to mm -hmm. um you know just bring everybody we can together that that would mm -hmm. profess that jesus is lord mm -hmm. but i think specifically in america we have such a glut of churches and it's almost like look there's plenty of churches around here who would tickle your every fancy, but like mm -hmm. we have, this is what our doctrinal standards are. And I think uh, an important note, because it sounds harsh, and I know I've heard a couple of like very Reformed Baptists um, talk about it this way, like because we have we share so much in similarities with Presbyterians, except for infant baptism, mm. uh, and they'll say things like, you know, wonderful teachers like R.C. Sproul, like Sinclair Ferguson, is like, would you really refuse him from? teaching mm. at your church or teaching at Sunday school church because of this one little point. And my thing, the way I would respect it is let's, let's phrase this in a different way. So you can kind of see how I'm viewing this. Mm -hmm. uh, like, let's say that someone comes up to me and says, Hey, I think that the scriptures say that the spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words when we don't know how to pray. So we don't, I don't believe I need to pray period. So I'm never going to pray and I'm going to walk out when your church prays and then walk back in. Cause I don't think Christians should pray. Mm. Is that guy just like, oh, that's not a big deal? He, this guy's solid on every other point. He's a great theologian. Should I, do I, would I want him leading Sunday mm. schools? There's a, I have a problem there. He's being disobedient to a command. And I believe that someone who's not being baptized as a result of the testament is being disobedient to the first command Jesus gives. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and that really, that really matters where you stand on the, like, well, what if you're being obedient to the command as you perceive it? It's like, mm, man, that, that's a hard, that's a hard topic to try to breach because it's like, look, every Catholic who's devout is being obedient to the command as they perceive it, and yet they pray to Mary, and yet they, you know, view the the Pope as the vicar of Christ, and yet they, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever, they believe in purgatory, mm -hmm. whatever it is. It's like, look, um, ignorance is kind of excusable when you're a child, you know, and when you've been mm -hmm. raised a certain way, but it's like, look, let's go to the scriptures together. Um, so mm. I, I am of the conviction, like if, if I planted a church, I would want people, if you're going to be, if you're going to be a member here, um, then 
I want you doctrinally on board with us, mm-hmm. you know, because like I said, the baptism, like it's a, it's a outworking of a prior theological conviction about what it means to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's, it's, it's helpful to say, cause it sounds like we're being mean to the ones that mm-hmm. Presbyterians the same way. Presbyterians would not mm-hmm. admit us to membership mm-hmm. well, if we went to their church. So it's like, it's not like they're being super kind. And, and then when they come to our churches, uh, yeah. that we're being mean to Exclusive. them. Exclusive. It, well, it, it, it doesn't work the other way. R.C. Sproul told Alistair Begg he wouldn't have him preach his church. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, he's the guy from Jeopardy. So like, wait, what, what did I say? Alex, no, you said uh, I just always I always, always pretend like yeah. I always pretend like people say Alex Trebek. It, I mean, it's it's Alex not Trebek. like we don't want to break uh, uh, like friendships and connections, mm-hmm. and 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 I think they can be a one like we can have wonderful teachings to each other, mm-hmm. and great dialogue. Um, and even but, like uh, what would you call it? like conventions? I think they conventions. Yeah, like and and deep, type of and stuff. And deep friends and and have and have respect for them and like read their books. On, absolutely, but uh, there's something interesting. Um. Like we have all those things, but it is, it is significant because there's there. I, I lost where I was going with that, but yeah. But I think I think it's just. It's well, that, that's the to significance. Make that's the significance of the local church, and people yeah. who say like, "Oh, I don't believe there should be denominations because there's not going to be like Baptist heaven and Pentecostal." Heaven. No, but it's like okay, it is helpful for a local church to say like, yeah. "We're going to be the people who believe that baptism is." for those who profess Jesus as Lord right. and, you know, have these other, dis- it, it, it helps us to function more. Yeah. Do you, you think, think you have to be baptized to become a Christian? To be a yes. Christian? To to those be, who... You have to be baptized to be a Christian. To be a faithful Christian. Yes. So wait, yeah. to be, uh, you're saying like to be saved, saved to be saved, right? Is so, R.C. Sproul saved? That's, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think See, no, you a... don't have to, there's, you're not regenerated <laughs> as baptism, but Ooh. it's your first act of obedience. So you, he, you would be a disobedient Christian. Uh-oh. This is so good. Okay. So, okay. So Uh-oh. good. Can of worms. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm just kind of trying to understand this better. So let's say I wasn't I accepted Jesus as Savior. I was mm. not baptized. Mm-hmm. You would tell me that I am not. I am living in sin constantly, and like you are like David, like Ooh. you're a Christian, but you you you're constantly living in sin. So this is so this is. Uh, so I'm trying to understand like what what you're trying. Your question I love gets how your mind's working. Your funny. question gets at a good point. And I think this is. <laughs> And it, it goes back to why uh, the Presbyterians used to murder the Baptists. <laughs> That's legitimately true. They used, no, to, yeah, they used to drown it, yeah. them because well, they would say, "Yeah, man, everybody, murder yeah, you're li- you are living in disobedience, and disobedience is yeah. sin." Why? So you would tell me that, David, you're living in disobedience. You need yeah. to like convert. Okay. Jesus said, "Repent and Con- be baptized," convert- and you are repenting and saying, "I don't need it." So, okay. but hang on. So, I do think there's a significance, and I, I see where Eric's mind is kind of going, where it's like. Okay, look, I, I'm looking at this person and I'm telling them they're a Christian. They're like, they really are a Christian. They're someone who lives in continual disobedience to the commands of God, but they are a Christian. Like, am I, because I, I'm with you and like, I'm, I'm kind of being challenged myself in, in, um, you know, it's like, okay, I, I got to figure out exactly how I want to define these things because it's like, I, I would say. R.C. Sproul is a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would not say that you're saved either by baptism or by having a right view of baptism. Um, and so this is where, specifically with me, I would say, look, yes, I believe this person is a Christian, but if you are, if you're someone who loves and cherishes Jesus and like you, you really do seek to obey him and you think 
that like speaking in tongues is the thing that you're mm. gifted to do every Sunday, this church is going to function less healthily, mm-hmm. if that's a word, uh, with, with you in it, you know? And so I can point you to a church and I'm not saying you're not a believer, but like w- this is not going to be an environment where your faith is going to be able to thrive. And then it's like, okay, I look at myself saying that and I'm like, look, the church, the body of Christ, all believers, like even people who are wrong about X, Y, or Z subject. And then I go back to the thing where I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, if, if I was in Mongolia or if I was in Eritrea or Saudi Arabia or, you know, something, it would be, it would be kind of different. And I, I would not withdraw the hand of fellowship with regard to like, mm-hmm. you know, I'd still want to hang out with you and like, you know, go to get something to eat late at night with you and talk about this type of stuff and go to our friends or our go to, go to our kids, um, you know, graduations together and everything. But as far as like being a part of a church together, it's not going to function well. And uh, I think that we have the blessing of having enough people where you really can be more, um, I'd, I'd say picky specifically of who you're going to allow leadership and teaching um, capacities in your church. Mm-hmm. I got one question. Like this mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, so for you, Dan, it's like uh, for anyone who thinks you're not Christian until you're baptized. So my question is, why would you ever read their books? Like that's like meaningless. Like why would you ever have a convention with them? Why would you gather around? Because you're surrounding yourself with sinners now. Well, I read books written by atheists. Yeah, but like I'm saying, like know? having a convention, like inviting them for dinner, so, like you're just around. Like yeah. I feel like a lot of you well, can say. Yeah, like, Dan- not... Daniel d- is not saying that he doesn't believe they're saved. That, oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's well, right. is it? Because a... justification is by faith alone, and baptism does not regenerate you. Right. So we okay. need to be clear on that. Okay. Um, that's it is problematic because it is problematic because there is disobedience. So but then it... again, we all sin throughout our whole life. There Ooh, never. Uh, we're never no, going to be we're never going to be perfect this side of glorification, right? Like right. that's but that's the difference clear. between us, like we, we know it's a sin. You know, like, we say, like he doesn't think it's a sin. So there's sins people... that we sin that we don't know and ignorance and there's still yeah, sin. And, yeah, and but... there I would say there really is a difference between someone who believes that what they're doing when they speak in tongues is legitimate, blah blah blah. And then you have there are people and it's like I've said, there are people who say, I know that like just this is a thing that I'm dealing with right now this sin and maybe one day God will cure me of this but right now this is kind of just my uh you know my hang up and mm-hmm. you know I, I'm and they're not they're not even putting up a fight mm-hmm. you know um and, and the to me there's a clear difference between that person and someone who um knows and cherishes Christ and the gospel and is wrong on baptism right mm. you know for my thing I, I for me I don't know if you need to be like I'm, I'm still like on that side like I I see both sides to be honest mm. so. um okay so this is very interesting this ties into the other subject that we were gonna mm-hmm. maybe talk about but if you look at a certain behavior or lack of behavior as disobedience as disobedience to God it's a sin Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you have to accept that it's a sin in order for it to be a sin. And I don't think you can you can hide behind ignorance if it's been exposed to you. Hey, this is a sin. And you still come out on the wrong side of it. Now, that's harsh. Wait, because... hang on. Say that again. I, I really did just miss it. OK, so uh, so I'll, I'll do it as an example. So like R.C. Sproul, you tell him, look, 
you not being baptized and mm-hmm. also shepherding your congregation mm-hmm. to not to also practice mm-hmm. baptism this way is disobedient to the word is disobedient to god you are in sin mm-hmm. and he's like uh you know i've studied and i'm still on this on mm-hmm. this uh infant baptism gives yeah. me a fuzzy feeling so that might not be true yeah. oh he wouldn't say that no, no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say yeah. exactly that but let's say he's like I've, after my study i've seen some presbyterians but like, he's not one of them is no it, no i mean it? i'm talking about like westminster professors that said yeah. look doesn't don't these young children look like they love jesus there oh that's go. a great there you go that's a, infant a perfect example of a very mm-hmm. like thrown at you oh you baptize hate children I'm like yeah okay but anyways um so our sprawls like after studying, I still come to this, um, what would you call it, conviction, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that there's an excuse just because he studied and he still comes out to the wrong side. Right. He's been exposed. Mm. I don't know why he's still deciding to go on that. And I think this is, for myself, the anguish that I have because it's like I've seen great men or what we would call great men, men of renown, think very, very, very wrong mm. things, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So then it's like, so what do you do? And it's like, well, either you tone down on the offense and say it's not mm-hmm. a sin. Mm-hmm. You tone down on like how how offensive you would label the thing. You mm-hmm. you mean, right? Like your reaction to it. You go, oh, like, it's not as big of a deal. Or yeah. calling it like a secondary or tertiary issue or something like that. Right. Which, which I mean, I think it also matters your definition. Like you're you're saying it's not even a sin. Like it's we're gonna label it something like this is a hang up or this is a whatever, well, but it's not a sin. Right. So this yeah, and that's what's difficult because it's mm-hmm. like it's either a sin or it's not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why like I try not to to worry so much about the difference between primary, secondary, and and, and you can go on down the list mm-hmm. uh, because it's like it's it's uh, it's black or white. We're mm-hmm. having difficulty figuring out the black and white. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're having gray in our eyesight. So um, so you either tone down because you realize, OK, I've made this more mm-hmm. than it is. Or you're just going to have to come to terms that, yeah, this guy can get so much right. Mm-hmm. And he got the thing that mm-hmm. he shouldn't have gone wrong and he got it wrong. And there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the subject which I brought up last week is what I would file under that. Mm-hmm. And I would make it a primary issue just because it deals with salvation. Baptism's tricky because it certainly is mm-hmm. tied to the walk. Mm. And I think it's tied to salvation scriptures, or, mm-hmm. you know, scriptures that talk about salvation. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, we, we have to really talk about what, what makes a Christian a Christian. You... And just real quick to kind of inform something that from also earlier, uh, would you consider R.C. Sproul's church a legitimate church? If... And this is this is uh, the discussion I was talking about. Yeah, it's like, yeah. In one way, I think you can define it as a church. In another way, I would say it's not. If we're going to agree that the, the idea of infant baptism is wrong and it leads to disobedience and therefore sin, and the shepherds are sinning and their the congregants are mm-hmm. also being led to sin, then I would say there's there's no reason to think it is a church. Hmm. Yeah, so that's where I would disagree, right. because because and I, I think softy and it's and I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to be like like in and I'm not like disagreeing in a soft way like is that what this brings up is the very very humbling reality mm. that we all have blind spots and we mm. want to be as close to the Bible as possible like Travis was saying like submit to Scripture but there were things the Anabaptists were blind to mm-hmm. that they did wrong there were things that we all 
have these blind spots. I'd like to know what you think. And so I think it's something that like. I feel like this is more more close to the biblical picture, but what I know is that whatever church I'm a part of, and I know that whatever interpretation I take on my side too, is like there's going to be prone to th th things that I don't see. There's going to be things that my culture has shaped that I'm going to see certain things that way, or some or I'm going to be um, prone to come to a certain conclusion. And I don't think that uh, that means that oh we need to trash this. I think there's grace in that. Um, well so that's why I would say it's like, yeah, they. I would still say that R.C. Sproul and Carol Ferguson are Christians. Um, I think they have a massive blind spot um, mm. because I've never heard a good argument for infant baptism, okay. other than very, very small implications of an implication of a guess in that's within a text, <laughs> like the household of Cornelius probably. Yeah had children and if they had children they probably it probably also means that those children would have been baptized yeah. or the philippian jailer yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's such and that's such a wild like it's an argument, argument from, from silence, silence. Yeah. it's an argument from silence about something that about another thing from silence yeah like it's it's double silence and i and it surprises me that very smart people go into it the i think the reason they do though is because the covenantal, kind of, uh, covenantal theology framework is so logic-bound and so straightforward and everything is lined up mm. that it makes sense that these very mathematical, astute, very brilliant guys go to that because it's mm. such an organized system. My system is a little bit more chaotic and uh, not as not as uh, straightforward Like as we're talking about these issues. It's not a lot linear thing. They can mm. give you a linear thing of step one, step two, step three, step four. But again, I just feel like there's too much silence that they're guessing that's there so that's what i that's what i wanted to make sure to say that there is there is definitely grace among all churches no church is going to be perfect we're going to perfectly adhere i think one again like i'm i'm not trying to like question you i'm this is for me to know like i'm trying to like learn all this it's like i think i think in i think an argument i guess someone could say i don't think it's a good argument i guess someone could say this like oh well i don't think yeah god maybe commanded like people to get saved to get baptized but i don't think you have to because i think when the argument someone could say is like um the thief that was hanging with jesus he didn't he never got baptized but jesus said i'll see you mm -hmm. like he never got baptized i think that's an argument someone could tell so wait you. Was just what i understand are you saying that that they're saying that god did command it but you don't have to is that well, well and and daniel mm -hmm. does not believe that you have to be saved to be baptized, baptized like, to be saved. I'm sorry baptized that to be saved. saved that's right and and I would say the same thing but it, it is like um there there's a difference between like somebody's making a deathbed confession of faith and like you can tell mm -hmm. like yeah. they really mm -hmm. are wanting to cling to Jesus and it's like well tough luck because we probably yeah, don't have time it. to get you into a body of water that's big enough to dunk mm -hmm. your whole body well, I'm so. not saying it's a good argument I'm just saying I feel like that could yeah exactly yeah. So like the, thief, the thief on the cross is the the definite go-to example that people use but then if you have someone who's like they're they're saying that they're walking with christ but it's like uh but i don't like the idea of putting my whole head underwater or like mm -hmm. oh but i don't want to do it in front of a lot of people that mm -hmm. would make me uncomfortable it's like okay well be uncomfortable like mm -hmm. god does not call you to only do things that you're 100 percent comfortable but, with mm -hmm. like you need to be willing to do things mm -hmm. that that make your body and your your mind uncomfortable mm -hmm. and it's like if you're only ever willing to obey, obey Jesus as long as he asks you to do things that you you would have been fine doing anything right. anyway, then it's like, well, then in what sense are you a disciple? Mm. Like, and I think, I think the other way I would answer that, too, is there's a difference between having running out of time 
Because, like, the thief on the cross is actively in the process of dying right. when mm-hmm. he's doing that. Like, not just, like, you know, he's sick. It's like, he's he's dying. And the Romans are not going to say, yeah, we'll let you off the cross for a second so you can get dunked. Right. Yeah. That's different than, say, than, than talking to someone who's saying uh, baptism is not commanded the way that you're saying it's yeah. commanded. So it's, it's different to say... Yeah, and not, and not just I don't want to, but saying, like, I I shouldn't, I don't have to. That's not what baptism means. Mm. Like, that, I think, is the difference between the two. You had something else? Um, oh, man, it was, it was good. I forgot, I just forgot it. It was about... Sorry. It was about baptism. Um, oh, so do you think it's wrong? Like, what do you say when you're getting... Like, do you think a lot of people need to be involved? Like, oh, can you, like, oh, hey, I just want my friends and family there. Do you think that's... Wrong, or do you not necessarily think that's wrong? I think it should be the church. Why? But you, think you know, it's the church, and, but and you if think it's, it's wrong, though, huh? Um, kind of like where you know the, what Eric had said in the Anabaptist half of my brain. It's like okay, I don't want to be, I don't want to write a law where the Bible does not explicitly state a law. Um, so to say that it's a sin or to say that it's wrong, um, I I don't know that I would go that far, but I would say like, look, this is not the best and it's not fulfilling a lot of the ideals the purposes that baptism even exists for like baptism exists for uh to be a public profession of your internal profession like you know you you profess christ and then you do this thing where it's like and and typically you know in the ancient times it's like if you're going to find a body of water big enough to immerse someone in then you are going to be in some public area, like a well or a fountain or, or, you know, something like that where people would be gathered. And I'm going to be gathered in front of a bunch of Romans or Jews, and there's going to be this guy who says, uh, you know, on the profession of your faith, I can I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And it's like, you're going to have these people being like, wait, what is going on? Yeah. Like, he's getting baptized in the name of... The father and the son. Well, like, what is that? Oh, I've heard that language before. That's Christian language. I know the Romans do not like these Christians. Like, you know, you were, you were taking your life in your hands when you made um, your profession in that sense. So it's like I would, uh, well, you know, all that kind of to go back to what I was saying about, like, you need to be willing to do things that make you uncomfortable. Right. Okay. So. Do you think, can any Christian baptize another Christian? Ooh. Wait, there were so many. Okay. I mean, go ahead. I, I think it's good. Um, I don't... I really do feel like it's something that should be uh, done by the church. Administered by... Administered by the church. And the reason I'm going to say that is because one of the roles of elders is that they're guarding doctrine and that they're teaching sound doctrine. Mm. And that's one of the roles they have. And I do think that... Uh, baptism and the lord's supper are both versions of doctrine they are teaching something through these symbols so that's why i do believe that the elders should have some kind of not necessarily that they're the one administrating it but they should be over guarding and keeping because if someone is baptizing and they're doing it in a weird way and teaching a weird thing um you're not guarding sound doctrine you're not refuting those who contradict as elders are called to do so that's part of the reason again and i recognize and i think eric is is great to pull that out pull that out is that that's not nec- that's more of an implication than like a direct thing from the text. Mm-hmm. So I I understand that. So that's like more of like that's my preference. That's my um, opinion on what it should be. I, I think it's also a service that you're doing. Like as an elder, you're almost like if there is any flaw in this, like I I want it to fall on my head rather than fall on you know the head of whoever. I actually also like the idea of being baptized. 
by the person who led you to the faith. Yeah. You know, so it's like if it was your math teacher or your mom or your, you know, whatever it is, it's like the idea that it they're almost innocent. Okay, really bad analogy of saying like they're the ones giving birth to you, but like their hands are on you, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. putting you down into the water. Like okay, you're dead to trespasses and sins, raising you up. You're raised to walk in newness of life. You know, I baptize you, my brother, my my sister, and like you know that you're mm-hmm. you're in their hands. Now all of that sounds as emotional as a Presbyterian talking about babies, but like <laughs> you know, I I I think there's something neat and precious yeah. and and cool about it. I would not say that to do it otherwise is a sin, but I think it best fulfills the ideal Mm -hmm. of the things that are supposed to be present in baptism. Not not so much a sin, but would you say it's invalid? That the baptism is invalid if it's done by someone who's not an elder? Not an elder, or maybe doesn't have always the sound doctrine. Uh, I, mm, I would say, I actually might put on it like, you should be baptized by a person who is a member of your church. Um, but no, I wouldn't say that your baptism is invalid because right. Right. of the ex opera operata. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, would, I would say like in my mind about the whole sound doctrine piece and the person teaching as they're doing the baptism in my mind, it's like, it would be in the sense that if that person is like leading to baptism by saying, okay, the mystic tree spirit, God, that we're going to call <laughs> Jesus. Is yeah. Now Baptist. Well, I'm not, and I'm, I'm yeah, not trying no, to be like prestigious, but that's what I'm saying. Like. How do you know that they're not saying there? How do you know? And and that's just an extreme example. But I'm like, what if they're not teaching you or what if they're not preaching you the gospel? Yeah. And then they're baptizing you and then they're bringing you to church and saying, this person's a Christian and they've been baptized. It's like they don't even believe the gospel. They don't even believe in Jesus. Yeah. You can talk to a Mormon for 45 minutes and not know they're a Mormon. Yeah. You know, that's that's about the Bible. I'm saying like you can talk to them about the Bible. Attire wise, you would. (laughs) <laughs> and they even got a little name tag. It's Elder Jonathan, and he's 19 years old. But I think I'm tempted, and I maybe this is a wrong reason, but there's a little bit more of like an argument that can be made for it not just being like an elder of a church that would mm. be doing the baptism, because the Great Commission is go teach and baptize in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I don't think the Great Commission was only given to apostles and church leaders. Mm. I think right. it was given to all of us. Right. And so there's a command from Jesus saying, mm. all of you go and baptize and mm. teach people this. But I do think that there should be the an elder oversight, because I do think it should be done within the church because of the public profession piece. The church mm. should witness it. And it's not just like, I'm professing my faith to the church and they're like, great. There's a beautiful thing in that, that, and then it's part of what I believe about church membership as well. The gathered community is not just like, oh, we're all people who are loosely Christians that are working together. They're all affirming each other's con, um, confession saying, I, when I meet, um, you know, when, when we're part of a church together and I, I say, I think Travis's confession is va- uh, valid. I'm telling the world, I endorse what he's saying. When you hear Travis, I'm saying that I think he has a valid confession. He, professed it on baptism and if i was there i was i witnessed it and mm-hmm. i endorsed it back i said mm-hmm. i heard your confession and i believe your confession to be accurate i think mm-hmm. you believe what we all believe mm-hmm. and the reason i'm saying that is because when you get to church discipline what i'm saying is travis from what i'm seeing i now no longer think that your confession is valid mm-hmm. and we have to we have to separate we have to have, there's mm-hmm. a problem there so i think it that's why i'm saying that all functions around is communion and baptism for me all that is functioning around the church community and the church memberships getting together, um, not just like the church meeting on a Sunday, but the church body being uh, members of each other. Um, it's functioning to 
encourage and uplift and share that connection that believers have and that endorsement of their confession that we and when we partake uh, together of the bread and the wine we're professing that we all are um, believing in Jesus and we're all professing that together we're all professing that we um, endorse each other's confession and we're professing that Jesus will return again mm. so that's why I'm saying about one of you were talking about that, uh, that I say it is impossible is that you can't do that as a family mm. you know as a family you're one unit you're not a group of people like mm. a, uh, and it doesn't matter how big the size like necessarily like big the size but a group of different families and peoples and um, ages mm. and all these things, all, all, all that tongues, nations, um, you know, in the local, and again, even in just a local assembly, saying we all are te- are endorsing each other's confession. So when when they go out to the world and are sharing, and the person says, "Hey, is that person, uh, you know, believing?" They're like, "Yeah, that person is believing." Hmm. I actually came up with a just question, but I'm gonna hold it. Good. Oh, it's not only a question. It's just like something. Like, I Say wish it. more people yeah. did. When it came to people getting baptized, I've I've only I've only experienced this once. And it's came. Uh, it might just be the culture of uh, the Hispanic family, but uh, like I went to, my friend was getting baptized, and they made such a big deal out of it. There was a like, legit like a huge feast. I'm like, this is mm. why don't more people do this? I felt like mm. I'm not saying your church this, but like a lot of churches like they clap and like okay, let's go home. Like it's there was, mm. they had a huge like a huge feast. There was music. Mm. They were celebrating. It was like it was really cool actually. So mm. man, this is so cool actually. That is neat. So maybe you like that. a birthday party. Yeah, it was like a legit like. Like they were celebrating like, like yeah really big feast. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty nice food too. Mm. Um, so I had a question. I guess this is directed at Dan, but it could be directed at anybody. Uh, that I've been holding on to, and it's like, would you say that a church that teaches modalism is a church? That's modalism. <laughs> What's modalism? Uh, it's the idea that so there isn't a trinity. It's one God that takes on different forms. Yeah, like Jesus sometimes, you know, functions as being the Father, and then sometimes he, like, he, then he came to the earth, and now he, now Jesus is kind of the Holy Spirit, and he's a, like, instead of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's good, I know how to that. Yeah. It's modalism, Patrick. <laughs> well, you need to know that, do you? Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's, they're not talking about the same God. Yeah. Issues of of the the nature of God and the nature of salvation are primal. Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to say primary secondary issue. I'm saying that um, if I'm if I'm disagreeing with R.C. Sproul on baptism, I do think that's a huge distinction, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not like wanting to water down my view of baptism. But he believes in in Jesus, and I believe in Jesus. That church doesn't believe in Jesus, and I believe in Jesus. That's two separate things. I have yeah. I have as much in common with a modalist as I do with is a as a Muslim. Yeah. Well, so they do believe in Jesus. They just so I don't think this is they don't believe in the same God. They don't believe in the same nature of God. Yeah, correct. So that's why I would say like it's the, di- the nature and God. the character of well, God. Well, it's still the same identity. It's still the same. No. Same name. It's the same name, but it's not. It's it's not the same identity. The same as you could say a Mormon, like the God that they oh they call him Jesus. And, you know, sure, he's like this, this, you know, guy who's the son of Elohim and his brother is Lucifer and, you know, Elohim is one of like infinite gods, whatever. But it, like, hey, it's still the yeah. same. So it's the same name, but it's not the same identity. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be like argumentative uh, on that, but a modalist believes that right now the father and the son do not exist. Correct. Right. Period. Yeah. I believe that the Father is eternal. I believe the Son is eternal. I believe the Holy Spirit is eternal, and that is who God is. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that uh, they, they're, they're, that there's the part of the Godhead is gone. 
mm-hmm. doesn't exist. So, like, that's a different god that they're well, worshiping. You think it's gone because you believe there are three persons of, of, of the godhead, or three godheads? Yeah, that's who god is. That's right, what, yeah. right, but, so that's what I'm saying, it's the nature, uh, but they don't confess another name, like Muslims do. Uh, Mormons, even though they... They, have, do, they, uh, they do confess another name. They're confess. They, they, if there was mortals now, they're confessing the Holy Spirit alone. They're not confessing Jesus, nor are they confessing that Jesus would come in the flesh again. Uh, well, I, I don't. Well, because I've, I've seen like James White debate modalists, and mm-hmm. I don't think that that's really the issue. Is that they? I don't. I, don't, I never heard that they never thought that Jesus wouldn't come. They, they might because of getting that the Holy Spirit would disappear again. But that's exactly what it is, and so it's like, yeah, well, they don't believe the Father, the Son exists. Well, yeah, but it's not because they they think like two thirds less of a God. Mm-hmm. They just think it's just one God. So it's the same God, mm-hmm. which they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and I'm not defending which, modalism. Which apart from apart from the switching aspect of that the, the, the father becomes the son, it's all it is virtually identical to what Islam believes about a singular godhead of Abraham Isaac. But they don't. They don't Abraham, but Ishmael. they don't believe that Jesus is oh, just God. a prophet. Yeah. And and they also don't go to the Quran as the holy scriptures. And that's what I was gonna say about the Mormons. They mm-hmm. they believe in. A, a different book. Yeah. So it's it's so it's like I'm not saying what they believe is right. Mm-hmm. No, but, I'm, not, I'm not taking it that way. Yes, yeah. but I think what it is is just a knowledge thing. It's an understanding thing, and it's like okay, so are we saved based on the knowledge that we have, the correct knowledge or understanding, or is it like, look, to me the Trinity doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, and there's nothing that literally says Trinity here. I know there's three, but to me that's just like the same God. So he's taking different forms. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, all I know is that Jesus is God, but now that God is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so this is who I'm believing in and I'm trusting in. This is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I think everything you're saying could also be said about someone who believes by ju- who believes in justification by works, right. by faith and works. Oh, yeah. And, I, I, and I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing, but that's what, I'm, so that's what I'm trying to say is like... I think it's... I, this is, again, this is my personal okay, um, opinion. Okay. I think it's deeper than just a misunderstanding. I think modalism okay. is they are seeing a different deity. Yeah. Um, because the scriptures, the scriptures is wildly clear on the three persons of the Trinity. Wildly clear. They show up ex- existing at the same time and on the same scene. All three of them. When you have Jesus, he's praying to the Father. All the time he's praying to the Father. Who is he talking to in modalism? Like, like to me, it's like it can't be a minor, a minor misunderstanding. It has to be mm. that they didn't read the text at all. No, it's a major. Yeah. So, misunderstanding. Well, no, and I, but you get like I'm saying, like it's not a it's not a misunderstanding of knowledge. It's like yeah. you are not reading the scriptures. You're not investing in the scriptures. I, well, yeah. I would argue the same thing for for Pedro Baptist, but also like yeah, the first time it really came. I get that into this kind of uh, realm of of questioning it had to do with just Arminianism and Calvinism, because mm-hmm. I would argue there's their God does take on a bit of a different tr- yeah. nature mm-hmm. when he's not sovereign over everything. But we talked about a blessed mm-hmm. um, and contradiction, inconsistency. inconsistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's you're just an inconsistent open theist, and I don't know. Like so, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, it does kind of give birth to open theism. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, is this a knowledge based yeah, thing? Or is it just, look, if you trust in Jesus, which... Well, you know, and, and that's why I said what I said earlier, which is like, it's not your baptism that saves you. It's not your believing the right thing about that. Like, Jesus is the one who saves you. And even when we talk about justification by faith and justification by works, it's like, okay, 
Jesus justifies you. Okay, you know, we can say that faith is the means and like he has ordained for faith to be the means and everything. But it's like Jesus is the one who saves you, who redeems you, who holds you in the palm of his hand. And also Jesus has promised that like those who he saves, he's going to uh, there. There are certain things that are going to be realities. And like it's I don't have as much of a problem as Daniel um, using the words like primary and secondary, um, I would say that specifically issues about the character and nature of God and then issues about um, justification. Like those are, uh, those are the primary issues. And if a person persists in being wrong about pedo-baptism or about speaking in tongues or whatever, it's like, okay, I can almost... Um, excuse those types of that like living in that type of error in a way that i cannot i cannot like uh turn a blind eye to this whole idea of like look you don't believe um in the trinity you don't believe in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit you don't you know all these things that i'm not going to go so far as to say like you didn't read the text but it's like you're obviously deprioritizing the text and you're you're yeah. you're turning you're turning an intentional blind eye you're neglecting um the authority of certain passages mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. That's cool. now i i'm with you where it's like uh it's it is really hard to find out exactly where you're going to draw those lines and um like what what do you think is a justification issue or what do you think is a character of god issue like well is one of the traits of the character of god that he's sovereign so if someone doesn't believe that he's 100% sovereign over everything and they're more of a free willy, then it's like, okay, am I going to say that that person is not truly a Christian or that a church that they go to is not a legitimate church? It's like they're, where you draw those lines consists of thousands of conversations. Right. So, so you would say the same, like my question was like, if they take community, it's different types of torture to community, it would be communion. Communion. Mm-hmm. It would be what? It would be like um, there would there would be no problem, like it, like if like you guys' church there would be no difference from how they take communion, like the meaning of it. I'm saying. Uh, I mean, I would say that we're doing it correctly. Right. Okay. You know, but they would say they're that they're doing it. Correctly. But I'm saying is that like you know? that's just, but you don't think that what they're doing really doesn't matter, like. That doesn't change the fate. Doesn't like make them go to hell. But doesn't make them like yeah. Their eternal no, destiny, their fate, their asking. status yeah. as a child of God is not determined by their view of communion or their view of uh, baptism. But you're, um, and it's like I said, Jesus is the one who saves. Right. Yeah. Um, but the idea that Jesus is going to save someone apart from His revealed Word is absent from right. the Scripture. You know, it's it's. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. Yeah, so I think we were talking about like, as we're talking about all these issues and we're trying to get as close as we can in the blind spots and it's it's tough because there's like very clear lines in the sand like with modalism and Arianism and those heresies where you're very clearly not, not very clear, but you're, you're not really holding to the same confession. Um, whereas it's a kind of a different, it's a different thing in my mind, not necessarily lesser, just a different thing in my mind when you're not practicing obedience or practicing the ordinances correctly. That's different than like 
you're not believing the same thing about God. But I think for any of these, any of the ones who, when we are having these big disagreements and it's like, you know, like the people who are going through infant baptism or have a different view of uh, communion, um, like I don't, I don't agree with the Lutherans take on communion, um, but I still think that there are, there are faithful Lutherans out there. We never talked about that. Um, but well, we talked about it, but we never said, I didn't know what your stance on like the presence. Oh, I can easily pick that. I'm, I, the Calvin's view of the spiritual presence, that oh, there is no. a, a means of grace there to it, where Christ is strengthening you and, and um, via the Holy Spirit, not via Christ um, being like really mm -hmm. present there, but like, the view of the Holy Spirit um, ministering on your heart that Christ is uh, deeply near to you in a, in a weighty way that he wasn't, not that he wasn't, but that there's, so there's something more, uh, there's something powerful to it beyond just a memorial. Um, again, not like a salvific thing, not like a you um, are all of a sudden like holier and like you shoot up in faith, but just that it's it's a means of sustaining. Like this, it's a sustaining meal. It's a means of, you know, joining together with Christ and growing in faith. Um, I think it's, in a, that's why I think it's very significant. It's a very significant thing to do. Um, and why I think Paul says that you take this, uh, if you take this in an unworthy manner, you're taking this for granted, like, or not for granted, but if you're, you're not um, respecting this, there's something weightier there um, than just, hey, you're not doing the memorial correctly. Mm. That's my view. Mm. Um, so I think the one of the things I would, that, that I love that came out of the Reformation is the, is the phrase sefer reformundi, which is always reforming. Um, we, we recognize that we have blind spots. We recognize that, like, that goes from the humility of saying, there might be something I'm completely missing. I might be mm. um, not realizing that um, maybe maybe um, we shouldn't have any uh, images or symbols. Uh, mm. Maybe we shouldn't have um, instruments and we should just all be singing a cappella like some um, mm. Presbyterian church. Maybe that is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. And I'm going to study as hard as I can now to figure out if that's the case. But I always, And I always want to try to do it even better. But realizing that there's uh, that there is grace and mm. that um, we have blind spots, and hopefully we're not too um, like stubborn to not be like, oh well, yeah. now that the scriptures has convinced me, because I think sometimes I can see in my own heart where I'm like, I'm so dogged on this issue. It's like, well, here's the scriptures, and you're like, well, yeah, but maybe if I can just keep it, keep my perspective or argue my perspective hard enough, I want to be someone who it's like, well, here's what the scriptures say. And it's like, all right, well then I need to change. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because the scriptures say that there's there's a lot of things where I'm like I'm you know for for me personally it's like I'm uncomfortable with tongues period and I don't like it so I'm like just mm. like, like just explain it away and then Paul goes and says I speak in the tongues of angels and I do it more than you guys mm. well I don't want that to be there but it's there and I have to deal mm -hmm. with it instead of it changing for me so I think that's just something I wanted to bring up is how I view the churches they're all going to be imperfect um, but the like I'm reading through my yearly um, like a read through of life together from Bonhoeffer, who probably one of the more, more impactful dead theologians that has had a lot of impact in my life. And in life together, he talks about it. I think very rightly about the church, that the church is not a community that we're trying to create or shape or an idealized thing that we're trying to build together, that we fashion it. It's something that Jesus buys via his blood. It's something that Jesus pulls together and then offers it to the Christian. Mm. Here's my community. Do you want to take it or leave it? This is my gift to you. Do you want to be a part of it? Um, I'm I'm bringing you into this community instead of us being like, okay, let's let's brainstorm how we can fashion the best 
possible community. And I think, and I'm not trying to sound like, you know, you know, really like cavalier or lazy, but it's like, if Christ has been okay with little imperfections that he's worked out over time in his church, if he's, if he's been okay with little misunderstandings, like not, not little misunderstandings, but misunderstandings and um, uh, doctrine that wasn't as strong in his church over the years that has been corrected over time as the church has, has grown, am I okay with that too? Am I okay mm -hmm. that, that he's not immediately fixing it? Why? Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's something for my own life is like, when Jesus saved me, why didn't he just immediately eliminate all sin mm -hmm. so that I was perfect, as perfect and ideal as I could be? But he's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through this process of sanctification and slow change. Like, well, it make, would make more sense for me for him to just been like, boom, you're perfect now. Mm. You were idealized. Um, so and that's so if that's how he's doing with me, I, I can kind of see easily why he would be doing that with his church as well, because it's just the group of people that he's brought together, that he's saved, that he's progressively growing. And we're, so the church itself is, should be seeking to always reform, but realizing that, um, and having the humility to be like, we probably might be missing something. Mm. No, I just thinking about next time when mm -hmm. we speak. So we're going to do fencing the table a little more. And I'm really interested in continuing on the idea of like, it's not just this, like, it, it would be kind of, I guess, subjective, but kind of exploring more where the hard lines are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, between, like, this is error and this is heresy. Like, right. this is heterodoxy and this is, this puts you apart from Christ. Mm -hmm. Because we, we yeah. already brought I'd, that kind I'd of... would yeah. definitely like to do more on that. Yeah. And I'd also like to come a little more um, ready for that discussion like so do a little bit of homework over the next week okay um and just kind of like feel out where i draw those lines where christians have historically drawn those lines mm -hmm. so sounds good okie dokie get some augustine in there that's where i would go to you mean augustine yeah don't, I, like don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I say augustine because that's that's what we call saint augustine but augustine also sounds yeah, Roku. it sounds like you're smarter when you say Saint Augustine. <laughs> yeah, I feel Augustine. like I feel like out of a lot of the people in the church, like he really had to wrestle with that idea of like what is essential, what's not. Like he was mm. the one that was wrestling with that idea of is a minister who mm. is unfaithful is it still a valid valid yeah. sacrament, um, or is a minister who is a traditore that traded over the scriptures to be burned. Is his baptism like that was another question? Is 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 his work valid mm. now that he's and can he be pulled pulled back in? Mm. You're baptized by someone who renounces the faith under persecution. Did you not get baptized? Yeah. And so I feel like he has a I feel like I a lot to say there. And his quick quote was that in the essentials unity and the non essentials uh, the non essentials freedom liberty. or liber liberty, liberty. And, but in all things love. And I do think that Charity. that's a helpful Charity. a helpful thing. And I'm trying to learn mm. to be more diversity yeah i'm trying to be more like embracing that of like okay so maybe a little bit more liberty mm. in the yeah. but I, i'm like i don't know i still see baptism as more essential than just like oh it's a gray area mm. I, yeah same for yeah. next week i mean hey we're all baptists here that's right the baptist only podcast <laughs> well yeah so far so far all right well semper Reformundi. Reformundi. love you guys Thanks.